Okay, Christmas once again. Uh, what do these damn kids want? Okay. Eric wants a... Mortal Kombat XL for the PS4, but he has that game for his Xbox One. Like, what? Why do they want it for the PS4? Like, just, just buddy, what? Why do you want this game for the PS4? Because you don't feel like unlocking the people. But you, uh, fine, fine, fine. Okay, so uh, all right, uh, Splatoon three. Okay, that uh, I guess I didn't even know they played Splatoon. All right, Stilios, I see Stilios this list. All right, uh, Rainbow Friends. Like, what, what is Rainbow Friends? Get something to look up. Rainbow Friends. All right. Uh, I go Minecraft Warden set. I don't even know what that is, but it's with all this Minecraft stuff. And okay, uh, Akato, do Cobra think? What, what, what is this? Like, okay, let's look this up. Okay, uh, What's this thing? A Kato Beast Strike Serpent Fury Arena playset? I mean, it's basically fancy rock'em sock'em robots, but okay, I guess. You know, that's what the kid wants. I don't understand half this stuff. Okay, like, that's not too bad. It's not too expensive. Okay, it, it, a VR headset. That does an eight-year-old need with a VR headset? Did, oh, get, uh, uh, these kids, I swear, just, just... What about a good video game? What about a good... This Christmas looks, looks crappy. They don't have access for good games. I mean, Mortal Kombat X aside, but still, like, just... Ah, just not feeling it this year. I'm just not feeling it. I, I don't like. Just, just this is horrible. What happened to the days of Sonic the Hedgehog 2? You know, Streets of Rage, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, Pokemon, those things. Instead, we got Fortnite and, and Five Nights at Freddy's. Just, just all these crappy games. Just ah. What happened to Christmas just being fun? Like, it's not fun no more. Like, I... Uh, I, I don't understand. Where is that music coming from? Just, what is that? No.
random music. Oh, God, who are you? <laughs> I am the ghost of VGM music that has passed. Professor Tom? You look like Professor Tom. Okay, I am Professor Tom, but oh, dressed up like a ghost so that you can appreciate the music of VGM past that I have brought to you to appreciate. Hold on, hold on. Oh, my hand just went through you. Oh, God, that's creepy. That's creepy. Oh, God. Yeah, well, it's pretty cold. I don't recommend doing that. It's like... <laughs> It's like uh, it's like grabbing a metal thing that's been in the freezer. Oh God! There's is this ectoplasm? Yep, I'm slimy. Your poor wife. Oh God! Oh God! Why are you here? I am here to show you the error of your ways, Daryl. You must recognize that there is still greatness in video games, and you must journey through VGM past and present and future. You will be visited by three more ghosts this evening. Not one, not two, but three, and they shall all have songs for you on this Christmas. First yes. of all, uh, there is not good music in VGM, okay? It's all been crap this entire year, okay? From Starfield with all its bugs and the controversy with Street Street Fighter Street Fighter Six hundred dollars for for DLC that's not even yeah, DLC you, it's just costumes. <laughs> oh, you you got me there. I mean, that's just Capcom being greedy. Capcom gonna Capcom, man. And let, let's not even talk about Exo Primal. I mean, this is supposed to be a slam dunk. Hey, mech suits fighting dinosaurs. This has been great. Oh, but it's multiplayer. No one wants that. I thought it was gonna be Dino Crisis Four. <laughs> Look, even when a year sucks. They don't go back and get rid of all the old video games that exist. So you can just go back and play them and be like, oh, well, this game's not as Street Fighter 6, not as good as Street Fighter 4, not as good as Third Strike. Play Third Strike. Play Street Fighter 4. Play Marvel vs. Capcom 2. You like Marvel vs. Capcom 2? I like Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I love Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I still I'm, have it on my 360. But... I do too. I'm terrible at it, but I love it. <laughs> Alright, so, alright, so, what, 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 what song are you gonna play for me to put me in this spirit before these other ghost mofos show up, huh? Just, just three? Three, though? Like, I gotta go to work in the morning, man. Like, why's it gotta be three of them? Because that's how it works. It's a Christmas carol. You gotta, like, read your literature. Hold on, hold on. Be all educated and stuff. Hold on, hold on. Script here says, oh, three ghosts, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> well, fine, fine, fine. What, what is the first track, first ghost of the night? All right, so we played in with, um, we played in with Side Street A Course from Power Drift, composed by Hiroshi Kawaguchi. Uh, and I don't know if you ever played Power Drift, but it's the coolest sprite kart racer that ever happened. It's got this crazy... It's like this crazy kart racer where Sega took sprites and scaling and pushed it as far as it could go. And after that, they gave up and they said, okay, from here on, it's polygons. You know, for a ghost, you're very, like, informative. Usually ghosts just go like, oh, scare you. But, I right, mean, there's a lot of ghosts. It's just the scary ones get all the press. I mean, because they're, Casper, you know, the scary ones. This Casper, the only scary thing about him is that he's nice. That is true. But although you never seen Casper on a bad day. Casper on a bad day? Watch the hell out. I'll keep nope. that in mind. All right, so what, what, what's this what, what, What's this track we're about to listen to? That's going to put me in the mood. All right. 
So the other track I've got is from Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, and it's the theme of Q. I don't know if this is a game I like. All right, I guess I'll listen to this. Right, we're back. That was Theme of Q from Street Fighter Third Strike. Uh, I don't know who composed it, but I believe our first ghost of the night, 
Professor Tom knows the answer to that. Hideki Okugawa. Hideki Okugawa. Professor Tom, of course, runs uh oh god, Shujin VGM Shujin Academy VGM Club. Shujin Academy VGM Club. And it's the first ghost of the night to talk about some of his favorite, you know, um, video games he's played with Christmas memories. So how does this song hold a Christmas memory for you? It doesn't. Not at all. But I like playing it. I love Third Strike. We used to play it when I was when I was into fighting games heavy. We played fighting games. We played a lot of Third Strike. I actually don't have like tons and tons of Christmas memories related to video games. My parents were cheap and so they wouldn't buy me very many video games. Like I'm I'm serious. I had like five NES games and I had like five Super Nintendo games. I might have had 10, but I have like nowadays I go downstairs and I look at my shelf and I see I've got like 30 PS5 games and PS4 games and like 30 games for my Switch and I'm like, "Man, I have more money to buy video games than I have time to play them." And you know, that is that is the that is the existential crisis that we as gaming parents face nowadays. Those are the chains with which we have been bonded as adults who love video games. Is that what you're doing here as the first ghost? You're binding me with the chains of, like, too many games? My sins were great in life, and so are yours also with all of your bitterness. You must let go and enjoy happiness, Daryl. You know, I would enjoy, I would let go and enjoy happiness if I had more time to play these games. Like... But like I, I you get got you on the there. whole I, I, I get you on the whole like not having much because I remember um so when I was a kid, a couple of Christmases we would get certain games like um one Christmas we got the Ninja Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the original Nintendo, but oh, not man. but not the arcade Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, the very first one. The, the single player first, only one. Yeah. With the, the like which is funny because so everyone talks about the damn level. And I remember saying to myself, I don't remember the damn level being that hard. So what I don't I did, remember it being that hard either. So what I did was, and I'll, I'm going to provide a link in this show note. I streamed myself playing the damn level and put it up on YouTube because I got the Cal Bunker collection, which, by the God, best $30, ever, $30, $40 ever spent. Like, every Ninja Turtle game from the NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. It is great. Um, but yeah, so I went and I played it. I was like, yeah. This wasn't as hard as I like everyone complains about that level. I'm like, I to me it was never hard as a kid. I'll tell you what was hard. There's a particular level in the second level after you get past the dam where you go on the sore and there's this little gap. And like if you try to walk over it, you just fall down. And you have oh. to like timing the jump, it, it just me and my brother yeah. never got past that. And, and it would really, kill you if you couldn't make the jump. Yeah, it's like every time it's like I think probably sometime during this holiday season, I'm going to play up to that point and see if I can get past that jump. Like, that's the thing. Because I never got past it. It was the most horrible thing ever. But it's still a game that I had fond memories of. And then as we got older, like, again, just like you, my mom was an anti-game, but my mom was also very cheap. And our upbringing was not the best. I mean, we got toys for Christmas and stuff, but just... That's a story for another time. We have to tell for like uh, BGM after dark or something <laughs> with alcohol. But regardless, 
Um, just sometimes we didn't get a bunch of video games for Christmas. Like it just like I would say like all right. So you played this. This let's see. Street Fighter Third Strike was around the time of uh. It was like 99. There is actually 99. one Christmas memory I have with video games, but it doesn't involve okay. music. No, that's fine. Go on. One year, and it was probably 87, 88. Okay. One year, my mom brought home like 10 Atari games for me. 10 games for the 2600. All right. That she'd gotten for like five bucks a piece on sale at KB Toys because the 2600 was dying. Yeah, like... A- they do with all consoles and um i remember that that was cool and that was how i got uh probably three quarters of the 2600 games that i had as a kid including asteroids which i really liked asteroids i like asteroids for the 2600 it's so much easier to play with the joystick than it is to try to play it with the dial and all the oh god yes i remember um when we were kids excuse my kid in the background he's uh a one-year-old trying to choose violence. Uh, so it's when I was a kid, we had my cousin had an Atari. We used to play it all the time with the knob and the one button. And my favorite game on Atari to play, and I've been trying forever in a lifetime to either find an emulated version of this, a ROM of it, something just so I can play it. Just in general, it's called fast food. Mm, okay. The concept of the game is your mouth, and you're going up into high. You're going up and down a screen, and food's coming from the right to the left. And you got to try to eat the food, and you have to avoid purple pickles. And it's such a simple concept, and like, because it speeds up after a certain amount of time. But that was my favorite game to play on Atari. And oddly enough, the first game I've ever played in my entire life as a child was Pac-Man on the Atari. That, like, my aunt put the controller in my hand and let me play because it was her Atari. And I loved it ever since. And mind you, she grew up to be anti-video game. (laughs) One of my earliest memories as a kid was that my mom owned a daycare. Uh And when we were like four, when I was like four, I got exempted from nap time. And they took me to the local bowling alley, which had a bunch of video games. And I remember it as having 100,000 games, like just endless. Yeah, because when you're a kid, it's like it's just rows of arcade cabinets. Yeah, they probably had five. But I remember it as being this gigantic thing. And this would have been like 1984, right, right around the, right before the, the crash. Boom. Yeah. So it would have been the time to go get video games. I, man, I love arcades. I wish arcades didn't suck nowadays. Yeah, they're like very, um, if it's not cruising or fast and the furious it's or like some, games or ticket games it's 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 sad like i like david busters but it's like i do like that's why i love going to magfest like, oh yeah because there's an arcade room and people yes, bring all the old cabinets old art old cabinets pinball machines they set up astro cities like it's great yeah. I want to stop and give a shout out to 1984 in Springfield, Missouri, which is an entire arcade just chock full of old 80s arcade cabinets. Oh, wow. It's like going it's it's kind of like that Magfest experience where you just go and there's just row after row. It is like how it felt as a kid walking into a room with 50 cabinets. Look, I think in my entire in my entire lifetime, because I live in Harris. Well, I live in Middletown, Pennsylvania, but I grew up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, grew up in Pennsylvania regardless. Um. I've been to maybe three arcades in this state. 
Uh, one was this place that's over on a street called uh, 13th and Dairy. Oh, wait, no, not 13th and Dairy. 17th and Dairy. It's now, uh, now at one point in time, it was an arcade. Mm-hmm. Now it's an Asian food market <laughs> where they sell fish and stuff, okay? Uh, there's another arcade up in the Harrisburg East Mall, which is honestly next Saturday we're going to. Mm-hmm. And that thing has stood the test of time because at one point in time it wasn't an arcade. It was a Wizards of the Coast store. Oh, wow. Where they sold Pokemon cards, comic books, Gundam figures, th- all kinds of stuff. Okay. And arcade used to be inside the food court of the Harrisburg East Mall. And that's where I played uh, Rival Schools for the first time. Mm. And Virtual On. But then the arcade moved over to where Wizards of the Coast is. And it's still there, but like the games get squished in and out. Um, Good for them making it. Yeah, and the third arcade I went to was this little rinky-dink arcade. It's funny. Uh, I remember when we recorded our episode, I was telling you about the anime High Score Girl. Mm-hmm. And there was an episode where the main character, he was talking about how he found this rinky-dink arcade in this basement of a bowling alley, and they had some great games for, like, cheap to play. And oddly enough, when I was a kid, there was this arcade in Klein Village that was in this rinky-dink basement bowling alley... That had arcades. So the moment I saw that, saw that episode, I was like, "Oh God, I remember doing something like this as a kid." Because they had Double Dragon, um, Galaga, Miss Pac-Man, and I think a Street Fighter Two arcade cabinet. I can't mm. remember. Which, one. Uh, which reminds me. So I remember seeing this on Twitter earlier today, and I know the answer to this. So hopefully, when was the first time you played? Do you remember the first time you played Street Fighter 2, where it was, and whether it was on an arcade or a console? It was on a cabinet. Okay. Do you remember exactly where it was? It would have been in, it probably would have been at Whitewater, which is the water park in uh, Branson, Missouri, where I grew up. Okay. And they had a Street Fighter cabinet, which was a great thing to put at the water park. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about like, arcade cabinet at a water park. Uh... Okay. It actually worked out better than you'd think. They had like they had they had at one point they had the four player Captain America and the Avengers cabinet. Oh my god, that is that man, was that's... a great way to get people. Man. I would always go there and if I had a couple quarters I'd throw it in there. My dad worked for the theme park company that owned the water park. Uh-huh. So my mom would literally like when I was about 12, 13, my mom would take me to the water park toss me out of the car and be like, I'll be back in four hours, kid. <laughs> and we got in free, so we I could do that. And I was like, cool, I get to ride water slides all day long. Awesome. Oh, wow. that... And I didn't have to watch my sister. Sometimes she'd do it with the uh, the other park, Silver Dollar City in town, too. Um, yeah. So, wow, that's, that's, for me, the first time I ever played Street Fighter 2, I had to be five or six. Mm-hmm. There's this laundromat. So there's a park up in Harrisburg called Reservoir Park. Uh, a ways, not that far away away from Reservoir Park is a laundromat that everyone knows about that's on um, State Street here. Inside that laundromat, mom used to go there every day to do, well, every, at least once a week to do laundry. And mm-hmm. inside there was a Street Fighter 2 arcade cabinet. It was the first time I ever played it. I didn't know anything about these characters. It's like, this guy's throwing fireballs. This guy's free. This guy can stretch his hands. Oh, God. And it was the original with the eight characters. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, you know, like, it didn't have... It didn't have the... As they call them the four holy kings. Vega, Bison, um, Saget, Arm, Balrog. No, no. Yeah, it was Balrog, 
Bison, Saget, and um, Vega. Yeah. They didn't have the four Heavenly Kings. I was just like, so like, it was funny because like years later when I played it on a Super Nintendo, I'm like, oh, wait, where are these guys? Because I never got past the second boss. <laughs> I mean, next, second fight because five, six, seven, I don't know. I'm button mashing. Like, yeah. 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 So. I actually, there was this, that was the year, the year Street Fighter 2 came out, EGM put it on the cover every single month for a year. I mean, I and see I, why, because like, could, think of it, it was way. the, it, it saved arcades. It did. Because even now, like, Evo, the whole reason why Evo exists is because somebody somewhere talked about some other guy somewhere was like hey man this guy in an arcade he's like the best street fighter 2 player and then some other guy was like no he's the best street fighter 2 player and then a bunch of people because i think evil used to be called battle of the bay yeah and somebody was just like yo i want to see who's the best street fighter 2 player ever and thus evil was invented because most likely what happened all these people showed up to play street fighter and then somebody waiting their turn Hey, do you play this fighting game? Yeah, hey, let's play it. And then start, start playing that. They started having tournaments in that. And then it just branched out. And now Evo is this... I think, what was it? The Street Fighter Six prize pool for Evo? Or, like, world the world tour for Street Capcom Cup? Yeah. One, I believe it was, like, either 500000 or $1 million. Yeah, they had a million dollars that they were yeah, giving like, away. And good about, for them. Yeah. Like, I realize that's not, like, huge money relative to, like, League of Legends, but I would rather watch Street Fighter than League of Legends. League of Legends, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, like, people are like, League of Legends is a... Yeah, but you have to split that with a team. Yeah. This is just you. And, you like, it's so, it's so, like, gritty, and, like, it just feels perfect. Like, it's a martial arts tournament. There should be one guy at the end who gets everything. Yeah. Although, I will say this. I like Street Fighter Six. It plays... How Street Fighter 4 played. Street Fighter 5 felt stiff. 6 feels like Street Fighter. Like it feels like it's supposed to be a Street Fighter game. I love Six it. 6 has felt like Street Fighter. I've loved I've loved it. We've I've my my son and I had Evo in our living room. <laughs> and I, I I let them get a couple rounds. I I let them win oh, some. You're a better man than me. My kids have to earn every victory. Although I will say my oldest son, Eric actually did beat me in cruising exotica and i was proud of him even though he mashed the fuck out of that nitro button oh man it's a constant debate as a dad like how how easy do i go on my kids and for me like my son is hyper competitive so if i start beating them they'll be like and sometimes i'm hyper competitive like no lie we were playing (laughs) smash brothers like sunday and uh-huh. my son was just whooping my ass with incineroar he was just destroying love me. incineroar love it and like i like after two matches i was like i cannot do this anymore <laughs> and i just I, I i real life rage quit <laughs> it happens even to the best of us oh god i don't think i've ever done that with my kids um Oh, God. There was, uh... Oh, God. So, what was it? Uh, Hold on a second. My camera. There it goes. Now I'm back. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge holds Mm -hmm. a very special place in my heart because the last summer my kids spent with me, we played that game, and we beat it from beginning to end. Me and my two oldest sons. And it was like... 
it did a lot. Like, I really enjoyed that. Being able to, like, I was, like, not many people can say they do that with their kids, where they started a game, like, especially a beat-em-up. And, yeah. like, of course, as brothers, they fight with each other. One would get the pizza before the other. One would do this. I had to carry him a bit. But by the end of the game, they were actually working together. And I was very proud of them. I did that with, with my son playing um, Shredder's Revenge. And we also, my whole family played Streets of Rage 4 together. Oh, At one wow, point, that... I had I had my wife, my daughter, my son, and me, all four of us playing Streets of Rage 4. See, that's, that's the plan for... Um, they just announced another... Um, Another side scrolling beat em up that's coming up. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to try this. Also, the new Contra. Oh, I can't wait. We got a new Contra coming next year. I can't wait. I'm, I'm so happy. tentatively excited for new Contra. Especially, like, that's just an old school Contra game. There's nothing like. Well, there's new characters. There's new characters, but there's like, it's just like a side scrolling Contra. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah, like, it's not Which like is what Contra's supposed to be. Yeah, it's not like some BS like, oh, we're gonna make Contra into a first-person shooter thing. It's just it's freaking Contra. Yeah, like and the thing is, I gotta say like, so there's some games I'm like I wouldn't mind seeing like a variation of the game. Mm-hmm. But there's some games where it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Streets of Rage Four proved that. Streets of Rage Three released, God knows how many years ago. And then here comes Streets of Rage 4 three years ago, and everybody was hyped. I remember people complaining, like, oh, it's repetitive. It's a side-scrolling beat-em-up. It's supposed to be repetitive. You only have to pick a character and then punch. Punch, 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 punch. That's Take your I brain need. off the hook. Punch yeah. stuff. It'll feel good. Like, I've tried to explain this to people before. Like, some things are good as they are. They don't need to be extra fancy. Case in point. All right. Devil May Cry. Will Devil May Cry ever win Game of the Year? Maybe not. But does it work for the category it's in? Yes. Same thing with... Alright, look at the movie Oppenheimer. I'm never going to watch that. It, it, but people raved about it. It's like, I guess it's supposed to be cinematic masterpiece at its best. But then you look at a movie like Godzilla x Kong Rise of the New Empire. And people are complaining like, oh, the subplot of Godzilla versus Kong was horrible because the humans were loving the background. It's a giant monster movie. You need three things. Monsters fighting, destruction, fire. Yes. That's it. That's all you need. We get in a we get in a bad habit of judging things like all by the same yardstick, and it's ridiculous. Like, you know, I I haven't seen Oppenheimer, but like let me see if I can think of a movie. Like Ninja Scroll. Have you ever seen Ninja Scroll? Yes, yes. One of the like, greatest anime movies of all time. I know. Is it Citizen kids. Kane? Hell no. Oh. Is there character development? Not uh, really. Maybe a it, little. But it does what it's supposed to. It does what it's supposed to. It's got so much... There's buckets of blood. There's people's limbs getting chopped off. There's a dude who made out a rock and he throws a giant sword boomerang and it sticks in his head. And then like blood shoots out everywhere. It's so cool. Exactly. And it does what it's supposed to. It entertains you. Like, yeah. I don't... I'll say this. And I, I will leave off on this note for the night before I go do whatever else I guess I'm supposed before to do. Before you move on to your next ghost. the other ghosts. So... What do you think is one of the... Hi. What do you think is one of the best video games 
best looking video games you've ever played? Like, are just best looking, gorgeous graphics, whatever video games, in your opinion? King of Fighters 13. Okay, so. Look at King of Fighters 13, okay? Some people would look at that and be like, oh my god, these graphics are incredible. It's great. It's this, it's that. And I'll look at Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the video game, be like, this is the best fucking shit I've ever played. Because it's 16 bit glory. Yeah, it looks exactly like it's supposed to. Yeah. Even King of Fighters 13. Like, yeah, if you it's, that it's in, cartoon. Uh, yeah, it has that cartoon, fluid it anime like car- style. It just looks like an anime. It's it great. feels like an anime. Yeah, it's great. Not everything has to be a masterpiece. It just has to be entertaining. Do has to do what it's supposed to do. Entertain. Yeah. That's why, like, as much as I don't like Minecraft, it's not for me. Like we said before we started recording, Fortnite, it's not for us. But it's entertaining. Hey, if we were ten else. years old, we would love Minecraft and Fortnite. No, I would not. I well. would not. I would not. Ten year old me. Let's see. Ten year old, I was into Sonic the Hedgehog, and. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog, because Pokemon wasn't out yet. Yeah, okay. So, I was into Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog and, um, I think, I want to say PlayStation? Maybe? Yeah, PlayStation. Sonic the Hedgehog and PlayStation. I love playing Twisted Metal 2. Okay. Warthog yeah. was my guy. I feel like if I was 10 years old, I would love Fortnite and I would love Minecraft. And I remember playing Minecraft for, like, 20 minutes and being like, man, this game is wasted on me because I am 40 years old. Yeah, it's, it's look, sad. No, I have some I have some adult friends who play Minecraft and love it. My partner loves playing Minecraft. Like, what was it? Last Sunday, her and her cousins were sitting there playing it. And like, I come out in front room. They're on the Xbox. The one's on a laptop. The other one's on their Switch. And they're all playing in the same server, building a bunker, doing this and saying, I'm going to do this. And then I'm just like, Wow, now I know how people feel when I talk to them about Pokemon. I don't know what the <laughs> hell they're talking about. But, uh, thanks for coming on, Professor Pond. I pr- thanks for having me. Uh, tell people where they can find you. Uh, Shujin Academy VGM Club is my podcast, S-H-U-J-I-N. And on socials, I'm generally Shujin Academy VGM Club or Shujin VGM Club. Uh, so look for me wherever you find Video game, po- video game music podcasts and social media. I'm on TerraPlayer. I'm on abeats.co and I'm on Podbean and I'm on Spotify. So look me up, Shujin Academy VGM Club. Okay, thanks for coming on, Tom. It's great to talk to you as always. Thank you for having Thank you.
Ah, that was weird. Just, just, uh, just. Okay, Tom was just here. And... Oh God, who are you? <laughs> oh, the last Reacon. I have come for you. I am the ghost of 8-bit VGM past, and I have you know, you seem to have forgotten the roots of which your musical taste have spawned for... <coughs> sorry, sorry, you know, um, I get, I, you know, I kind of get so caught up in that, I kind of forget how my voice is supposed to sound. Anyway, yeah, I'm the ghost of 8-bit VGM past, and I'm here to tell you that you, sir, have lost and forgotten your VGM roots. What the heck on, you talking on, about? Hold, hold, hold up, hold up. Pernell? Yeah, you know, I gotta have a second job sometimes, man. These bills don't pay themselves. Hold on, wait a minute. It's, oh, I got my hair went through you. Uh, it, it, it's slimy and... Is that General Souls and sweet and sour sauce? Hey, hey, hey. I'll have you know that's Baldack hot chicken ramen sauce, buddy. I'm a connoisseur of Why peace. does your ectoplasm smell like this? <laughs> Why shouldn't it? Why would you want it to smell like... Egg Foo Young and Dung Farts? Come on, man. Look. I, I don't have, even I eat Egg spirit. Foo Young. I, I have an image of it. I don't know what ectoplasm is supposed to smell like. I'm just looking for Ghostbusters, the screen, it's slimy. I mean, you used to be in a little juice box. You hey, drink hey, it and hey, stuff. Hey, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down there, buddy. You're, we're forgetting what we're here for today. You, sir, seem to have forgotten what it's like to listen to good VGM. And I have to let you know exactly what it is you need to remember. So, let's talk shop. Let's get into some jams because, quite frankly, I'm disappointed. I'm, You're disappointed. Brought, you've been. You're we disappointed. Brought, we brought you better than this, man. You know better than this. Better. better. No, no, no. I'll tell you what's not better, okay? What these kids are playing nowadays, okay? Question: Have you listened to a track from Fortnite? No, because no one listens to music from Fortnite, okay? Minecraft. It, it just, just, just no. Like these, VGM is not what it used to be. What happened to games like? All right. Think about the first time you played Super Mario Brothers, well, and hey, you had that what, joy. But that's what that's I'm no here longer for. around. I'm 8-bit VGM fast, brother. That's what I'm here to show you. It hasn't been forgotten. The spirit is there. And is the this why we're still exists? Is this why we're in a KB Toys and there's a bunch of kids and that kid's over there drooling on a Super Nintendo console? <laughs> is this a KB Toys you worked at? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, give the tr just, just treat away. But yes, this is in fact a KB Toy store, KB Toy hobby shop, if you will. And yes, I felt I wanted to set the stage for what would be a fantastic listening party. So, tell me exactly what is it that you feel as though was your biggest influence in 8-bit music because then from there i am going to show you what it means to be an 8-bit bopper huh if i had to guess i mean growing up i had two younger brothers uh, me and my brother david were only like a good two years apart like a year and some change if you will and you know we played a lot of games together because my very brother dane was old enough like during the time of the nintendo so i mean there was contra duck hunt super mario brothers um Super Mario Brothers 3, because no one likes 2. I'm sorry, I don't like 2. Uh, and, you know, it's just remembering those sounds, like Spessing Contra, until, you know, your brother takes your life because he keeps dying, and you don't remember the 99 lives code, and just, 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 regardless, like, yeah, games like that. Like, we don't have that no more. <laughs> well, therein lies the rub, see. I'm going to let you hit into this bop here that doesn't quite capture that essence but it captures 
if not the quantity, but then that and so much more. So I want to hit you with a particular track here. This is the Guardian Legend, Green Fields from said game, composed by Masatomo Miyamoto and Takeshi Santo. Don't you think you should blow into the cartridge first before you put in that Nintendo? Oh, pardon me. <clears throat> Alright, I guess we'll listen to this track. <laughs> played into was Misty Cave from Faxanadu, composed by Jun Shikuma. I believe that's how I said that right. And the second track was Stage Greenfield from The Guardian Legend, as, you know, our 8-Bit Ghost set from Masatomo Miyamoto and Takeshi Santo. And ladies and gentlemen, the 8-Bit Ghosts of VGM Pass, co-hosts of Rhythm and Pixels, the Metallic ma Masochistic Madman, <laughs> Diamond Dallas Purnell. 
How you been for now? <laughs> I've been pretty good. Been pretty good, though. We'll find out how much good I've been doing once this recording is done. But I've been pretty good. Life's been interesting, you know. A lot of changes, a lot of you know, updates. But despite all of those changes and life updates, I have not lost my spirit for VGM and video games. And you know, slightly cutting back to the character from earlier, neither should you, because I mean, I mean it's, it's it's just for me like. When, like, okay, so after I started listening to VGM podcasts, especially yours, uh, I started paying a bit more attention to the soundtracks and remembering, like, all right, these are the sounds and musics and tracks I grew up with and grew to love. Like, to this day, uh, Casino Night, um, what was it? Casino Night, uh, Chemical Plant Zone, you know, mm-hmm. I hear those tracks and they bring back such great memories. Okay. And then, like, my kids, like, you know, I have, you know, five boys now. And my two oldest, you know, they're into video games now. And, like, they're asking for, like, games. And I'm like, well, all right, fine. You want these games? That'll make it happen. If you're good for Christmas, we'll talk to Santa. And, like, they're 9 and 8. And it's just, like, some of their tracks of their stuff. I'm like, I can't listen to this while y'all play. Like, this, I gotta go. Like, I don't like Minecraft. I'm not saying Minecraft's a bad game. But it's not for me. It's just not mm-hmm. for me. Same thing with Fortnite. It's not a bad game. But it's not for me. Okay? Um, But then, like... You know, Mortal Kombat is Mortal Kombat. Like, there's only but so much you do with like fighting game music. Although, can't you know you got guilty? I mean, it, it, it could be done. Guilty, guilty Gear, Gear, Street Fighter, C, Street Fighter, Project Six. Justice. You we were Project talking about that Ju- earlier. Yeah, Project Justice. Like, you know, and it's just I remember when I was their age, nine and eight respectively, is when I got one of my favorite Christmas gifts of all time, the Sega Genesis with Sonic the Hedgehog mm-hmm. two in there. I'm thinking like, man, that. That was some of the best VGM music I ever heard. The Sega Sound Ship or whatever it's called. Like I'm not, I'm not as articulated with that as you know the Aristocat Arpeggio Aristocat Baker Beats your co-host Rob Nichols. But like just still, I mean, very few people are. That guy's got it. Yeah, (laughs) I can't keep up with him. Oh God, like they're like so. Rage Gates was talking about how he has to do an episode with Rob still, and like Mm -hmm. they're both very well-versed and knowledgeable of sound chips and stuff. And I'm just thinking, like, this is going to be, like, an hour-and-a-half podcast of them just nerding out on sound chips and samples and four-square waves and stuff. And the rest of us that are unknowing are just like, well, the music sounds great. That sounds about right. Like, we've done episodes with Ed Wilson over the years, and he and Rob have a similar relationship where once they get together and start talking shop, it's just... VG, basic sound chip technology left and right. I'm just like, well, I really think Yuzo Koshiro can compose very well, and that's good, I guess. But they're getting into the technical gritty gritty of it all. Yeah. But, uh, so, alright, so this track, alright, um, Guardian Legend, a game I've never played, I've heard of, same with Fact Xanadu. So, what does this track mean to you in terms of, like, what Christmas memory do you have with this? So, it's not so much a specific Christmas memory as it is the entirety of what Christmas was like growing up in the inner city. True. Where parents didn't have a ton of money, so they bought what they could afford for their children for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So you might be the one that has the copy of Streets of Rage 2 for the Genesis, whereas another kid down the block might have Yoshi's Island for the Super Nintendo. Yes, I know they didn't come out in the same block, most likely. But I get get your point, yeah. So what would happen is... And this includes this game like the Guardian Legend, where there were games I wanted but could never get because we couldn't afford them. 
But there were other kids in the neighborhood that did have those games. So when Christmas would come around every year, everybody would get their presents from Santa and then eventually from their parents. Yeah. And everybody would have to collectively call each other on the phone or meet up outside and be like, what did you get for Christmas? What did you get for Christmas? And everybody starts exchanging you know, knowledge of what they receive. And then all of a sudden, play dates start to happen. You got to go to this kid's house because you got to play the games he got. And they got to come to your house to play the games you got. And in my particular case, the Guardian Legend was a game that I wanted. It was featured in Nintendo Power, but I never actually acquired it myself. My friend from around the corner got it for Christmas. So I used to go to his house and play his copy on his Nintendo. And it feels wonderful. Like, is it something that I feel... It's kind of funny because I'm the ghost of Christmas Pass on this thing, 8-Bit Christmas Pass, but it resonates in this way that I feel like this aspect of gaming has been lost to the adult lives of ours. Like, kids might still do it, but I don't know. I don't have any kids. But uh, as adults, generally, if you want a game, you get it. And then you'll just, you know, play your game and you might talk about it on the internet or you might not talk about it on the internet. It might be simply a matter of, hey, I played it, I beat it, it was good or it was bad. But, uh... The ability to say, well, you have that game. I don't have that game. I'll just swing by and I'll check it out, you know, for di- after dinner tonight. I'll just come by your house and we'll play games all night on your Xbox or your PlayStation or your Steam Deck or whatever. And there's something magical about that exchange of gaming. Playing someone else's game that you yourself do not own and getting exposed to it through their copy. No, I, I definitely feel that because, like, even now as an adult, so me and my brothers, we all have game systems, okay? Um, mm-hmm. Me and my baby brother, Danny, we each have a PS5. My brother, Date, my younger brother, David, doesn't have one yet, but he still has a PS4, Xbox One, Switch, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens sometimes is depending on what a game is, I may get it and then I'll let one of them borrow it because it's like, like God of War on Ragnarok. I got it for the mm-hmm. PS4 because at the time I didn't have a 4K TV. I'm like, yeah, I have a PS5, but why am I paying the extra $10 when I can play the game on my PS... Still play it on my PS5, and the only slight difference is a graphical difference. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm i still going to enjoy the game. Oh, because it doesn't have this many pixels. I'm still going to enjoy the game. And I did. And I played mm-hmm. the crap out of it. And then when I was done, I took it to my brother before I went to MAGFest last year, and I let him borrow it. He still mm-hmm. has it. But point being, like, I do do that sometimes because, like, there are certain games that I feel like, all right, multiplayer games, me and my brothers, we all might get the same game so we can play each other. Like, anytime there's a new Pokemon game, we all get the game, okay? Yeah, as but you should. That's single player true. games, I'll usually sit there and say to one of them, like, look, because I feel like even though I have more kids, like, my brother has uh, a stepson and then his son, my baby brother, Danny, doesn't have any kids yet, and then me, I'm sitting on five. Mm-hmm. Um... I still seem to be more up to date with getting the newer games as they come because I usually do one of two things. I either bank a bunch of GameStop points, uh, do the pre-order thing, or like if it's a game that I really want and there's something I'm not playing, I'll trade some stuff in because I'm like, well, I'm not playing this and I've had my time with a case of point. Spider-Man 2. I played the dog, first Platinum I've ever gotten. First right. Platinum I've ever gotten. I did everything I could do with that game in two weeks. Got my money's worth, and I traded it in. And he probably traded in at the time where it still had like that, like yeah. basically worth like seventy percent of his value at that time. Yep. So I traded Usually it right in around launches, and I got something else that I've been playing on a regular basis now. Even though I'm a little tired of their updates, but that's a story for another time. But point being, 
that is something me and my brothers do do like and i get what you're saying because there was that sense of like you know like as you as you called on this on your show a lot of time playground talk because before mm-hmm. we had the internet before we had you know texting and facebook and social media in general it was a thing of like hey man did you hear about this new or like there's that one kid who had an older brother who had a video game magazine that knew about akuma in super mm-hmm. street fighter 2 turbo and it's like oh you gotta do this or that like case in point for us the uh konami code we learned because my father he was in he was into video games for a good bit he was into sci-fi and things like that like where most dads were watching espn my dad was watching the sci-fi channel so he was into all that stuff okay and he had a friend of his who was older who was also in the games and he's the one that taught us the 99 lives code so okay that's how we learned it because at the time i was like four or five years old i didn't know it so it's you know it's weird like that's how we learned things then and like you said now it's like there's just not that same feeling of oh this person got this this person got this hey man what you get for christmas oh i got this what you you know like we're adults now so i don't see you calling up um uh what's your one friend i don't see you calling up ed like hey ed did you get the new um was it trial tales of heroes or uh trails of of cold steel trails of cold steel and i'd be like yeah man what did you get oh i got tales of hysteria you want a trade guy yeah give me like a week and i'll see like Mm -hmm. there's none of that no more like you know we got our don't get me wrong there's a good it's kind of an okay thing we're adults we can play the games we want now and buy the games we want and do the but 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 by having that it there's a like I said, there's that social element. Yes, yeah, that community goes element. Away. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't think of how many. It's very rare that I play a game that someone else is also playing or has even played. Which means we're all trying to keep up with whatever release is currently on the market, like the big hit. And due to limited amounts of time, it's rare that we're all playing the same thing. Like you're, you were playing Spider-Man. I was playing Mario Wonder. Another person might be playing Baldur's Gate Three. Yeah. I'm basically just naming off all the Game Awards, Game of the Year nominees. Which you is, get my which point. is funny because I have Baldur's Gate Three and I haven't even gotten to the second act. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, because they're all time sinks. All these games are time sinks with time none of us have, but we want to have. So we play as much as we can of what we can, but it usually results in very little overlap. So the experience just becomes, I finished it, I check the box on my games to beat list, and then I move on. Whereas when you were younger, time felt different, time flowed differently, and your game access was also different. So it was a situation where I played a game, and then I loaned a game to someone and they played it, or vice versa. Or we played it together at one of the, or the other's houses, and we were able to discuss this experience in a very commonality way. It, it just felt better in that way. Like, I still love video games. I still continue to play them, as evidenced by the show. Yeah, obviously. Like SML yeah. And, and Rhythm and Pixels. But I have no shame in acknowledging that it hits different now. Gaming doesn't feel the same. In fact, uh, I've had this chat in the past where I talk about how, like, board games has become my multiplayer angle more so than video games has. Because yeah, board games has become that, quote-unquote, shared experience that I can get that I can't get from video games anymore um so I do wish that we could go back to that but with that said I do feel that 
children, if their parents are like of that mindset and aware of like, you know, that's like, hey, let's let our kids have like play dates and, uh, you know, that concept, like what games you get versus what other kids get, you can maintain that for other kids, like your kids. Yeah. Give them the opportunity to play games with their friends, their relatives, their siblings, um, and just kind of feel like, hey, you know, they'll be telling these stories on their, you know, VGM podcast the year like 20, 2032. Oh, whatever man. whatever I'm, year that's going to be. I'm just imagining my kids like somewhere down the line, teenagers on uh, like their hollow phones because instead of a cell phone, you probably have some thing that just pops up in front of your eye and just like oh brain chips. Just dad, you had a podcast, yeah, and them just listening back and be like, oh god, this audio quality's just terrible. You know what? Go go break the leaves out the yard, you little punk. Like, <laughs> but no, I get what you're saying because like even. So even me and my brothers, like, we used to have this thing where every Christmas, because, you know, most Pokemon games come out in November. So mm-hmm. every Christmas, like, so Thanksgiving, we'd have a match, all three of us against each other, see, like, who's the champ of the family. And then okay. Christmas, we'd have, like, the finalizing match, because at that point, all right, we've had a month. We know, like, we, we, we come more prepared. Okay. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, we used to go to my mom's, and, like, my nephews and both uh, my two oldest sons they would play Smash Brothers, or we'd play Smash Brothers with them, Ultimate, like, you know, like, I get it, that sense of camaraderie, that sense of community, and while we do have online, is essentially gone, because a lot of online servers, I'll be honest, a lot of these people online are just toxic, they're just horrible. Oh, I don't even play games online with people, at best it might be a Nintendo game, because they don't have voice chat. I mean, I play, like, so, I've been playing the new Modern Warfare 3, because I love their, like, I play some multiplayer and I like the zombie mode, but usually when I get on there, I put myself in a, because I'm on an Xbox One, I put myself mm-hmm. in a party. That's why I don't have to talk to anybody. At all. Mm-hmm. I can just, roam. the only time I really talk to people is if I'm playing with my brother and my friends. That's a private it. party, basically. Yeah. Everyone else, I'm just like, nah, I don't, I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear this, because it's like, no. Like, I, listen, everyone complains about, like, how mean people are on Facebook and then, Half of these kids, millennials, would not survive during the during the years of Xbox 360 chat. Hell, I didn't. That's why I stopped. <laughs> I play. I remember playing Halo Three. Yeah. Didn't call obscenities one too many times. Like, yeah, I yeah. got time for this. Yeah, Beep. like, and I never got back on public chat again up until like a couple review games required me to do my, it. Other my, than that, nope. My friend Justin, the one time me and him, it, it was weird because at the time we were working at a Pizza Hut. So we like worked second shift. So we wouldn't play till like 11, 3 o'clock at 11 to like 3 o'clock, 11 at night to 3 o'clock in the morning. All right. Mm-hmm. So then one day, inexplicably, we both had off during like the after, like we had a day off. It was like mid afternoon. We're off. We're like, you know what? Let's, let's get on and play Halo. Cause neither mm-hmm. of our um, partners at the time were home. So, like, oh, we mm-hmm. can play the game in peace without having to worry about sharing the TV. So we get on and we like, all right, we're going to run team doubles. And there's these kids, and it's just this annoying little, yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, and we're like, all right, that, that's the first match. Let's go to him. And it was just that, and it's like, yo, I cannot stand playing with children. Like, don't get me wrong. My favorite holiday is Noobmas. Do you know what Noobmas is, Pernell? Oh, of course. It's when kids get, uh, say, like Xbox games or online games for Christmas when people have been playing them since launch. So it's like, let's just go on and show these people that they're still bad at games. Yeah, this is my favorite season because all the little snot-nosed brats who don't deserve gifts 
I make them cry and uninstall the game and take it back to the game store. Even I would have only figured that by store. this point in time, though, kids have gotten better with the concept of like, well, I got to get better at this game. I'm no, the, these the, public the, servers. Nope, these kids are still snowflakes, and I stand by that. Dang. They some snowflakes. I'm, I mean, for now. Okay, so you and me, we both grew up in the hood. We both grew mm-hmm. up during the late 80s, early 90s, like 80s and 90s, okay? Like, yes, you're older mm-hmm. than me by like three or four years, but still, you grew up in the same time frame. Pretty much. Okay, so, and you live in Delaware, which isn't that far from Pennsylvania, so you get about the same weather I get. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me a time in which there rained or it snowed an inch and school got canceled. Well, that's the thing, though. As far as our area went, it took a fair bit of snow for them to start canceling school. Like yeah. we, like how, we how, were not so fortunate to get you know a, a like a dusting and get school shut down. So yeah, we would get like blizzards and crap, and then school so was shut down finally up. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, the, nowadays these kids, oh, it's gonna snow. It's gonna be about an inch. School's canceled. What? Yeah, I wonder why that is. I guess maybe a lot of like lawsuits came through or something over the years. Oh, I got a better one for you. So, uh, when you were in, like, third or fourth grade, how much homework would you get assigned? In general? Just in general, like, on a daily basis. I would get assigned homework every night. Yeah. My kids, they're not getting homework. And at first, I'm not knocking it. If they're getting them enough, if they're teaching them enough in the classroom, I'm not knocking it. Look, at first, I thought, like, maybe, okay, they're lying to me. They, they're they not doing their homework. They're, so I called the school, and I asked the assistant principal, like, yeah, what's... And the teacher, I was like, what's going on with this? Like, I call and ask them every night, do y'all have homework? Do you need help with your homework? No, we don't have homework. I'm like, this is going for three months straight. You don't have homework. Something ain't right here. And the teacher's like, oh, well, we usually don't over... We don't over-assign them a bunch of homework. Like... They get all their classwork done in class, and then, like, if there's anything they didn't get done in class, then they can take it home and work on it. I'm like, but that's how, to me, that, but that's how it should be. Like, what we got, homework felt more like busy work. Yeah. Because the whole idea is supposed to be you go to class, the teacher is imparting upon the students how to do certain things or what they should understand and learn how to do you would expect or hope that they can obtain that knowledge in class and have it reinforced in class. Homework primarily should be if you didn't get everything you needed to get done in class completed or if it was a matter of, okay, if you're bad at remembering X, Y, Z, take it home and reread the chapter or do something to drill it into your head. But otherwise, you did what you needed to do during your class time. You're covered. Yeah. So... But the idea they'd be like, okay, go home and do like these fifteen things oh, when they could have just had you do it in the classroom after you got your lecture. Yeah, they always seem a little excessive to me. The, so. the amount of homework like I used to get was, I'd be, I, I, you know what? I honestly pinpoint my back problems to third and fourth grade because the amount elementary school in general. The amount of books I had to carry, like, because you had your social studies, your reading book, your math book, your... Um... And speaking of that, remember that, too. That's the other part of it. So, you mentioned, like, math and whatnot, right? Yeah. So, when you're in school, if you're doing an assignment and you get stuck on a problem and you need a little bit of extra coaching or guidance, the teacher's right there. Potentially a math tutor's right there. You can say, hey, I'm stuck with problem number three. Can you give me some help so I can understand these concepts? And they go, sure. But... At least for me, when I would take homework home, I had no one to help me because no one in my family was capable of doing the work I was being assigned. 
So if oh, I wow. got stuck on a math problem, it was like, well, sucks to be me. I better figure it out on my own because my family's like my family's math education stopped after like second or third grade, like basic arithmetic, you know, yeah. addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. After that, I was on my own. So that's what I mean. Like taking homework home without someone that can actually give you assistance with it was just like a, yeah, a lesson seems in frustration. Yeah, it kind of Yeah. Like, when I think about it, when you say it that way, I could see that because, like, when I was growing up, I really didn't have to ask my mom for homework. More of people would come to me for help with their homework because I was the smart one. But, like, when it came to, like, algebra, geometry, the, I used to, like, dread every high... Like, when I hit high school, I used to dread every year I would go to a new grade and be like, why do y'all keep giving me algebra, geometry? Can't I just do basic mathematics? I suck at this. Like... See, I was the opposite a, there. I loved math. Oh, I God, I was, hate... I, I hate... I love math, and I love science. I hated social studies and history. I hated he, those courses. I, I didn't mind social studies and history so much. Uh, one of my favorite classes was Western philosophy and reading. But, like, math, I could not stand. It's like, A minus X plus Y equals 2XB. What? No! Like, I'm telling you, one of these days, there's going to come a video game. And I'm going to have to solve a problem like that as a puzzle. I'm like, well, I'm never beating this game. <laughs> well, that's to me. That's, that's why I'm in having a field day. I love that kind of stuff. Well, like you math, got that. So to me, well, admittedly, as I got older, I realized how little future math you use. So sometimes you'd be surprised how much uh, like geometry can come into play. Like when you're dealing with like home repair stuff or yeah. home decorating and remodeling. But uh, the I always was in the mindset of like, okay, history isn't teaching me anything that I care about except yeah. when it was times where it was an exact period in history that was just cool to understand, you know, yeah. because the concept, the whole purpose of learning history is so you can have, well, kind of like this whole Ghost of Christmas Past thing. Like, the whole point of learning history is to have an understanding of where we come from and hopefully applying some of that knowledge into where you're going. Yeah, so uh, history doesn't but, repeat, basically. Yeah, but the problem with a lot of history classes, it was purely curriculum-based, teaching you about history elements that they had trouble getting the kids to realize why they would be interested in learning it in the first place. There was no connection, no desire. Whereas with math, for me at least, because I know a lot of kids had this exact same problem with math, but for me, I was like, okay, this is applicable to life experience. I can use this to do actual things in a day-to-day. Science, I liked it because it explained the world around me. It explained why, you know, water was water. It explained why the air could smell this one way, but then if I light a match, I don't smell it at all. Yeah. You know, like About just crazy things like the that. The molecules and shit. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I think, I still don't like math, but I think math only became truly prevalent to me after Pokemon got introduced. Like, the trading card game and all that stuff. Because then it's like, yeah, oh, man. Now you're doing, you're doing math equations in your head to determine damage output. Yeah. Like, and then even now, like... EV training and things of that nature, just like, you know, so, but at the same time, just, it definitely is different, like, and this is why I wanted to do this, because vast difference from when we were younger to the way things are now, like, and sometimes I feel like we all lose our way, and like, again, like you said, that sense of camaraderie, that sense of community, the in a sense, like, we're in a sense, we all try to keep it alive, and I think that's why I really like VGM Podcast Community, because you're keeping some of it alive. Like, I was in um, the VGM BC the other day, and we had a whole, like, discussion about, like, was the original Ninja Turtles game for the Nintendo as hard as it was, and how people complained about the damn level, 
And someone brought up the thing about like, hey, if you do pass a damn level and you get the to that one part, part, don't jump. And I know exactly what part he's talking about because every time I would get past the dam and get to that part, I would jump because it's that gap. And it's like, oh, you just walk up. It's, it's, it's infuriating. <laughs> it's infuriating. Oh, yeah. But like we have this community now that can talk about because otherwise, playground talk. Mm-hmm. So, but but, and that, but that yeah, but cool. that that's the la- that's the last part which I didn't think about too. Like it's also the fact that you can have that chat now because in that period in time, there weren't a t- even though kids only got certain games with their parents' money and the like, yeah. there weren't a great deal of games to choose from that hit those highs. So it was more likely that kids could come across the same games and play the same titles. I feel like I could be wrong here because I'm not a kid and I haven't looked at this landscape from a children's, a child's <laughs> point of view, but I feel like there's so many games available now compared to how they were before that it's harder unless kids outright collaborate to play the same games. I guess there's some exceptions obviously, because otherwise we wouldn't have things like game of the year awards and the like, which is, Marketing pushes certain games to the top of the chain. Yeah, that's the stuff where it's like, okay, this is obviously the game that every kid's going to want. But if you look at Steam, you look at the eShop, the oh, Xbox yeah. Live Marketplace, there Please. are tons and tons of games coming out every single week. And the thought of being able to say that most of your friends are playing the exact same games most of the time across that cavalcade of releases—it's it seems it's wild very, to yeah, me. It's very minuscule because like all right there's a game that came out for the switch a couple of like years ago called dragon mark for death i did not hear anything about this game but here come my friend gerard my brother david and my boy mike all talking about like yeah we need to get this game and we'll all play together online i'm like all right fine i bought it and i played it with him for a bit but then i fell off but then you might i might turn you might turn around and tell me about a game that i've never once even heard about existed that's coming mm-hmm. out and it might have been something that you've been following for months Dev teams, this, this, that. Tevi. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll give Have this a Have you heard look. of that game? What's it called? Tevi, T-E-V-I. No. See? There you go. Came out like a week or two ago. It was one of my most anticipated games of the year. You never even heard of it. And exactly. I'm saying that because it's literally what you just said. There are so many games by so many studios coming out all the time. And I'm supposed to hope that my five friends are all playing the same game. It's, well, it almost never happens. Well, that's like, all right, case in point. Like, all right, so a lot of games i found over the years have come from your show and other BGM podcasts. But one of my favorites, Fight and Rage. Because I listened to an episode of your mm-hmm. podcast where you had the guy that did Fight and Rage on the episode. Well, who composed oh, yeah. it. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man. So, like, I'm at work listening. I was like, yo, this sounds good. So, I go home and I look at gameplay footage of it. I'm like, oh, my God, this game's great. It's only on Steam. I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. And then fast forward a year later, I was listening to another episode of yours because normally I listen to your episodes on days they come out. Um, I forget why I skipped, like, two days and I didn't listen to the episode till like, that Saturday morning as I was cleaning up the apartment. And I heard you mention, like, hey, as of this recording, Fight and Rage is now available on the Switch. I stopped everything I did, ran over to my Switch, opened up the eShop, there was Fight and Rage. I downloaded it immediately, and my friend had came over, my, uh, my friend Sherrod, my brother David, and a few of my other friends came over. I was like, we need to play this right now. Oh, it's a great one. That's yeah. one of my, annual, that's like one of the very few annual games I play every year. Yeah, so just, but had it not been for your show, I'd never heard of it. So again, back to what you're saying, 
for kids to be able to like come together and formulate some kind of hey we're all gonna try to ask for this game so we can all play together on christmas day it's not like feasible other than like again like you said me like fortnite every kid plays fortnite damn near or minecraft mm -hmm. or this or that like i think the and even now with pokemon not many kids get pokemon i think honestly this most latest um the most latest generation of pokemon to be perfectly honest i think only us original diehard fans got that game or still play it yeah i feel like it lost a lot of his luster very early on in his lifespan and they got a lot of ground to recover when they make whatever next version they intend to reduce it. And they're going to make another version. Because there's too much money on the table for yeah. them not to. So. And, you know, that's something me and Clara talked about before. Like, we're in, what, Gen 9? Could you have imagined back then when Pokemon first came out, someone would have told you, hey, just so you know, you're going to be, uh, let's see, Pokemon came out in, what, 98? I think. Yeah, in the, state, in the States it was 98 yeah, no, or 99. Yeah, 98, 99. So, like, what, 30 years, damn near 30 years later, okay? Mm-hmm. If someone told you, hey, this thing's going to go for years, like your your friend's kids are going to be playing this, okay? And I would it's going it. to have this huge cult following, this huge community. It's going to literally revolutionize and change the world of games. And you'd have been like, this little thing that's on this on a Game Boy? What? Well, I, w I wouldn't have probably put it like that per se. Because, I mean, things like Mario existed, right? Yeah, Mario but they, had been but, around for how long? But, but Mario originally came out on Nintendo. Like, the first time... Oh, no, any, that... Go on. Well, that, no, that I get. It's not so much about what system it came on, so much as just that, from that point, we already had an understanding of, like, game longevity, like a game yeah. that could just persist. And with Pokemon, even when it came out, we already knew... And to the extent that it was popular, like it had the cartoon. We got the cartoon in the States before we got the actual game. Yeah. Uh, like, so, like, if anything, it was like we were primed for that game. Like but, they, uh, they, yeah, but, they, go on. But, like, so I, I would not have been surprised to hear, oh, it continued to go on. But what I would have been surprised to hear is how popular it got. Because that I didn't see coming from any angle. Like, yeah, just, how popular did Pokemon get? We got Pokemon stores. Uh, people who don't care about video games in any way, shape, or form love certain Pokemon. Yeah, they it's, it, it's, it's crazy. Like, we have over a thousand of these things, and it's just, it has continued throughout time. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, I think, like I said, a couple of, like, I think, like, last year, before it was even announced about Gen 9, me and Claire had talked after we got back from a MAGFest. It was like, when do we think Pokemon will end? And now we're at the point where they're like, hey, we have Pokemon from the future that look robotic and all this stuff. And then we have Pokemon from the past it looks savage i'm just like why don't y'all just bring back mega evolutions then that would have made pokemon more sense will end, pokemon will end when they run out of ideas or it's not profitable anymore. i'm beginning That's to think pretty much it i'll be honest i i kind of thought they were running out of ideas when they had introduced vanilla lux no i mean when i say running out of ideas i mean they can't make any ideas that are good or bad by public opinion aren't the same as i can't uh, think of I get what anything mean. Just because, like, I mean, people say that about Klefki and all that, but guess what? <laughs> I use Klefki all the time. And there's that guy out there that loves Vanillux because at the end of the day, someone's going to like him. Yeah. Someone's going to be like, that Pokemon is awesome. Even if one of us is like, that Pokemon is freaking stupid. Who the heck thought a Ring of Keys would be a popular Pokemon? And it is. So it's just like weird. But all they know is throw darts at the wall. If you can conceptualize it, give it a typing. 
someone's going to use it and someone's going to think it's great. And that's all that matters. Look, I'm just happy that, like, somebody out there thought to themselves, you know what we don't have? We don't have a Pokemon that's legitimately just a professional wrestler. And thus Incineroar was brought, was born. And mm-hmm. that, to me, is, like, the greatest thing that puts a smile on my face. Just Sandy Ravage. Oh, yeah. I'm still amazed that they didn't. make like, it. So they, we got the first grass fire. And this newest gen, the oh, Scarlet yeah. Violet game. Yeah, which and I'm I, surprised that's not a favorite of yours since you like spicy no, it food. Is. Oh, it is a favorite of mine. I, I love that. I love Scoville. Uh, it took a while for me to get, find an angle for it because its ability is very weird. But It is. I mean, I like it, but uh, I always believe that the perfect grass fire Pokemon would be an evolution of Blossom. Becoming one of those like fire hula dancers. You ever see those old like yeah, fire dancers the, where they like, crawl yeah. the fire sticks with the grass skirt? Yeah. Like I always assumed that would be the perfect grass fire. But we got that with fire um, stick twirling blossom. But we got that with a low well, it's not fire grass, but it's fire ghosts. Uh a low marowak. Oh yeah, it's true. It's not it's not quite the same though. Like, then, I mean like the the yeah. grass skirt and everything. That's the whole motif. Well, we also got uh what's it uh, what's that bird? Uh, or or a Chico or, or a Choco. Or a Choreo. It has like a hula form. Yeah, it does have a hula form. That is true. So I get what you're saying, though. Like, that would have been the obvious thing. Like, that's still to this day. Like, all right, some typings, like, I feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities in typings. Case in point, let's look at Grovile. Its mega evolution is Grass Dragon. Why couldn't y'all just made that Grass Dragon in its final evolution? Like, it's just grass. Um, you look at, like, all right, Incineroar, like, it's Dark Fire. But I'm like, you know, did it really have to be Dark Fire? I mean, granted, they played out firefighting forever, but it's a wrestler. Like that's likely why they did it. But I get why they did it. That's why they made him the heel character. That's that was his whole gimmick. To oh yeah, he's a heel, so he's dark. Like that's he's dark. And it's funny because I was even talking to Young Shutakapal about the one day. And so over in Japan, Throat Chop is known as Hell Chop. And I'm like, yeah, that's an actual wrestling move. It's called a Hell Chop. And I was like, oh wait, that makes sense because I in a throat chop it's dirty fighting yeah like it like because if you hit a pokemon with throat chop it can't use sound based moves so it's like oh it's a chop to the throat you can't talk so like all right so that's why it's called hell chop i was like man they really went in on the wrestling angle for this guy yeah a lot of a lot of basically dark wrestling moves then his was there isn't this like darkest larry he was like darkest larry like he's literally a a a dirty wrestler yeah he uh darkest larry and then the one um his Z move was he summoned a, a ring, gets to the top, does a 450 Superfly Jimmy Snooker splash, and the ring explodes. Yeah, and what's not to love about that? Don't answer because there's nothing to not love about that. I mean, this is a fantastic concept for a move. But true. like that's, but there lies the rub. It's like I feel like Dark Fire worked for him because they leaned hard on the the dirty wrestler angle. If they yeah. didn't do that, it would have been stupid. But as the way they used it, it worked. Uh, I do feel as though Megas were fantastic and they should come back. But deep down, I also feel like if they didn't want to bring them back, they should have just gave those, maybe give them some slightly reduced stats and make them normal evolutions to these guys because there were some great you know, yeah, Pokemon some great items Megas. there. I miss, I miss my Mega Gyarados and my Mega Marstomp. But, like, anyway, but thank you for coming on, man. I greatly appreciate it. I got to wonder, though, are we seeing you at MAGFest this year? Um... Actually, it looks like I may be there at least for Saturday because okay. uh, Are you I Rob wasn't doing... going to plan to go. Oh no, 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 no. Rob, no Rob, but, but the baby, he oh, has no yeah, energy to be baby. doing that oh. crap. Uh, but 
uh, SML's doing a podcast this year. Oh, he asked okay. if I wanted to be on there, and I was like, sure, oh, yeah. if you can get me a oh, badge. So, so. so Joe did find a room? I think so. Okay. I mean, I, mean I, I can't imagine he'd do the podcast. I mean, the the, the, the show yeah, without a panel having without a, a panel. Yeah. yeah, without a room. So, so, But he did get uh, a panel approved, and I am a part of that. Well, so what you guys should do, I because should um, I'm all, I, in official capacity this year, the tournament officiator for the MAG Pokemon League. So, oh, you are? Yep, yeah, I'm official tournament officiator. I have a title and everything. <laughs> I'm sure I'll likely pop down there to see yeah, what so Pokemon people are I was going to say, using. if you want, um, bring Joe by. I would like to meet him. I can see that happening, yeah, sure. Because okay. I definitely uh, would like to see him and hang out with him because I do like his podcast. So, And, you know, he's also a huge wrestling fan like me. So, I mean, you could also you know, swing by his panel even just to say hi to him. It's not a, I'll try it's, depending on what time it is because I... I think it's at 1 o'clock on Saturday. I might I might be stuck down there because you know Saturday's the last day for the tournaments and all that stuff. So actually, yeah, uh-huh. I will be stuck down there because I'm also hosting. Um, so it's funny. Uh, last year I hosted this little thing called Pokemon Jeopardy, mm-hmm. and it was a huge. I didn't know how big of a hit it was till afterwards because like nine people showed up to play. So I did mm-hmm. like a um, knockout elimination thing. So like if you had the lowest score, you got knocked out. Went like that. One guy won, and then like. An hour and a half went by, and I had people walking up to me like, "Hey, is Pokemon? When's Pokemon Jeopardy again? Are, are you doing it again? Like later this? Like a lot of people were asking. I had um, Ian coming so up. So were to you me. able to get it renewed for this year yep. too? Yep. So Pokemon Jeopardy will be, I believe, Saturday. No, not Saturday. It'll be Friday. I think 6 p.m. or 8 p.m. I have to look at the schedule. But like, so yeah, um, I'll be hosting Pokemon Jeopardy again. That sounds pretty cool. Hopefully, it does pretty well, though. From what you described, it should oh. if it already did well before. Yeah, a lot of people were because be um, a lot of people I did not realize actually read the flavor text of Pokédex and items and stuff. And the one guy, I almost called him a couple of times because he's like, "Oh my god, you, you use entries from all the games, not just one." I was like, "Yep, buddy." Yeah, I remember some of them, but it's only it's very rare where I'm like, "Oh yeah, that entry." But every once in a while, I do remember some. Or they stick with me, like the whole thing with like Drift Blend and all that. Oh, God, Drift like, Blim. Oh, this. Or not Drift I'm sorry, Drift Loom. Drift Loom was the one. That was Regardless, the one. that thing's just. Oh, God. oh and uh, what's it? Um, Hatterene's second evolution. Um, oh, the one that will beat the crap out of Yeah, if you had a bad it, day, sad, just beat you up. <laughs> beat you in the submission. Just like, I'm it's happy. Such a weird thing. I got a raise at work. Smack, 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 smack. Stop being excited. <laughs> Feed me. Where are my Pokeblocks at? <laughs> Um, regardless thanks for coming on man uh where can people find you if you want them to find you uh so i am still um co-host of the rhythm and pixels video game music podcast that's at www.rhythmandpixels.com or on spotify we have all of our episodes most of them anyway are available to listen to there Uh, and i also do the occasional review for the sml podcast which is available on i guess youtube and Spotify. I also, saw, it's like a Twitter account. That's why we are on Spotify. I tend to forget that because it took a bit. But yeah, we're on Spotify there too. So pop on in, check both of those shows out. Um, have a good time. And that's generally where you can find me. Otherwise, you might see me walking around town because I'm really tall. Yeah, just just really tall, just for nothing guy. But uh, okay, just do, 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 do you hear that music? Like, where, where's that music? <laughs>
Okay, that the theme of Ken from Street Fighter. Ah, oh, God, I hate Ken in that game. But who are you? I am the ghost of 16-bit past, here to remind you of all the things you wish you could forget about the 90s. You look like, <laughs> you, you, you look like Bedroth. Are, are you Bedroth? Yeah, it's me. It's Bedroth. <laughs> ah, ah, okay. The, the last guy looked familiar. They're like, oh, no, I'm the ghost. Uh, like, uh, Bedroth, what are you doing here? Like, what, how, how are you here? Like, are, you live in Texas. How are you way here in Pennsylvania? <laughs> Well, you see, um, what what happened is I was on the uh, the Switch SNES online, and I was in such a deep trance playing. Um, I forgot what's on there. I guess Street Fighter Two. That makes sense. I was in such a deep trance playing Street Fighter Two, in the zone, level nine, fighting in Bison, as Ken, of course. And all of a sudden, my spirit just left my body because I was in such a deep trance. And uh, yeah, now I, I found myself uh, found myself in your neck of the woods. So I, I guess I guess I am literally the ghost of 16-bit past right now. Hold on, let me see. Some, and my hand just went through you. Oh, that's creepy. Oh, that's creepy. That's that creepy. Weird. Oh god, that's creepy. Oh god. Okay. I've had weirder things in me. Okay, <laughs> this just gets worse. Why, why are you here? Where is that sound of a child coming from? What is going on with this whole night? Look, I, look, man, I was just in a fight. I didn't bring any kids with me, man. That's all on you. The house is possessed. <laughs> I've told, I, I told my fiance the house is possessed, but no, they don't want to listen to me. But regardless, all right. So, what, what are you here to teach me a lesson about Christmas and BGM and all that stuff? Because I can tell you, man, I'm not feeling it this season. I'm just not feeling it. Okay, eight bit try to get me, you know. Then the first ghost tried to get me. I'm not feeling it, man. You're not feeling it. You're just, you're not in the Christmas spirit this year. Okay, well, maybe if we talk about one of one of my Christmas memories from, you know, when I was just a, a wee lad and, and you were an even weeer lad back then. Uh, and back before either of us had even heard about the wee, speaking of which, uh, let's, let's go back to... Uh, Let's go back to something magical. That sounds about right for Christmas time. And uh, I'll tell you what, let's let's take a look at the magical quest starring Mickey Mouse from the Super NES. I, I guess we can listen to this. Like not a fan of Mickey Mouse, man. Like Donald's where it's at, man. Donald, but here's the track. <laughs>
We're back. Okay. That was um, Treetop Stage 1 from the game Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse on Super Nintendo, composed by Mario Yamaguchi, and leading in was, of course, everyone should know, Thema Ken, from Iso Abe Siyun Shigaki from Super Street Fighter 2, and of course, I have none other than the Ghost of 16-Bit Pass, Bedroth himself. Nice to talk to you again, Bedroth. So, why exactly this track in terms of the what's your Christmas memory with this track? Uh, th thanks so much, man. First of all, the uh, the opening track I do have to give a shout out to to my favorite video game composer um, Yoko Shimomura, who of course composed the original Ken's theme back on on the original version of Street Fighter Two, that has been adapted over and over again for for many many years. But uh, but yeah, uh, Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse. Um, when when we uh, when it gets to this time of year, sometimes these Christmas memories just come back to me, you know, and I, I, I ended up getting quite a few SNES games and some of them I got for uh, either just because or because, you know, did well in school or something like that. And mm -hmm. my birthday's in October. And so some of my gift memories kind of get muddled when I'm thinking back uh, that long ago. <laughs> I mean, we are but, getting older. <laughs> yep, that's right. That's right. But I, I do remember getting this one for Christmas and it was one of those games that I had not asked for but that my parents they wanted to get me something and I mean other than Mario who's more recognizable than Mickey Mouse you know I mean I agree Donald's where it's at I actually happen to be a goofy guy myself I can respect uh, that just uh, there, there's something about goofy that just speaks <laughs> to my soul you know <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Mickey Mouse and this game. Did you ever play this game? No. So oddly enough, the only game I've played in this vein of like Mickey Mouse platformers, which I'm assuming this is a platformer because it's on Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, was uh, Castle of Illusion for the Sega Genesis. And I think they did a remaster or re-release of that for the Switch or the Xbox 360, Xbox One a couple of years ago. I yeah, modern consoles. Yeah, I have yet to get my hands on. I do have. Um, it's not enough that you mentioned Super Nintendo. So, my niece is currently staying with us for a bit, and gave my fiance their old Super Nintendo, and my fiance is just like, ah, my precious. So now I have to go about trying to find them original Super Nintendo games for their Super Nintendo because I still have my oh, Super Nintendo yeah. Classic, and I have Castle of Illusions on there, but no, I've never played this one. So, um, what's so what's the gist of this game? Well, there was a whole uh, series of these, and I think Castle Illusion is the only one that we got. Um, sorry, uh, Magical Quest is the only one we got on the SNES. They had some other ones on the Super Famicom, and actually the sequel, uh, there was a sequel that had to do with like a circus, and it was Mickey and Minnie. And then there was a sequel to that one that had Mickey and Donald, so of course it is the superior game. But, uh, but this one was... Um, it, it was one player, so fine for me. I was an only child, um, and so it, you know, it worked out. And the gist of this game, I, I don't remember 
maybe you're trying to save Pluto or something like that. I don't think you're trying to save Minnie, but of course Pete is is the big bad, and yeah. it's set in this like fantasy world and. In like in the treetop stage that uh, where the music that we played with played comes from, uh, you fight this giant caterpillar at the end of that stage, and oh. it has Pete's face. In another area, <laughs> you fight this like big fireball um, with again Pete's face. In another one, you fight this big dragon, and so yeah, it's um, it's all it's all about Pete, you know, sending these monsters after you to look like him because he's a he's an egomaniac. Um, but yeah, it, and of course you're Mickey Mouse, and it is it's a platformer. And it's got a couple of cool mechanics. Of course, you're gonna jump and um, jump on enemies to to kill them. You can also jump on some enemies to stun them, and then you can grab them and give them like a little flick, and it they work kind of like a, a Koopa shell, and you can oh, use okay. them to knock out other enemies. But the biggest gimmick of this game, the one that really made it kind of special to me, was that in different areas, Mickey can put on different costumes, and one of them is a fireman costume. And you can use it to, like, put out fires or push enemies off the screen and stuff like that. And in one of the stages, there is basically it looks like a Robin Hood costume. But yeah. instead of a bow and arrow, you have a hook shot, essentially. And you huh. can use it to, like, grapple and, uh, you know, um, swing and stuff like that. And that part was always my favorite part. It's about halfway through the game. This wasn't a long game. You could probably beat it in half an hour. Uh, but it looked really nice uh, graphics are really great the music was really fun i mean mari yamaguchi you know yeah. she she's one of the best and uh yeah i just i spent way more time with this game than i expected to part of that was because it was so easy just to pick up and play and uh, i beat this game probably at least a dozen times over the years just because it was you know it was comfort food and yeah i just uh I remember getting it for that Christmas, opening it up, and I probably didn't even play it for like a week or two because <laughs> I'd, I'd gotten another, I got another game or two that year. And um, but tellingly enough, I don't remember what other games that I got, but I remember Castle of uh, or uh, Magical Quest, even though I'm calling it the wrong thing. <laughs> but, oh, but it, I mean, it makes sense because, yeah. like you said, it was one of the games you didn't <laughs> expect, and like you know, I think like when it comes to like, all right, so your parents like Super Nintendo's around '90s, '80s, okay. So, mm -hmm. this is, like, coming fresh off the hills or the heyday. Like, a lot of people want to know, like, what it was like growing up during the 80s and 90s and dealing with parents and video games. Go watch the movie 8-Bit Christmas by Neil, with Neil Patrick Harris, okay? Like, at one point in time, like, it, it wasn't like how it is nowadays where, like, all you young kids are growing up with parents who have all the game systems. And dang near any house has a game system and your parents are gamers. Back then... Mm -hmm. A lot of parents were not gamers, and they were very anti-game because there's a lot of slogans like video games rot your kids' brains. It does this. It does that. So, you know, most time if a parent did have a kid that had a video game system, they would look for the games that they're like, oh, that's not violent. Because the mm -hmm. most violent game I remember coming up with was Mortal Kombat. And I was strictly yeah. because of the blood and fatalities. Sad thing is, me as a kid, we had Mortal Kombat 1 for the Sega Genesis. I didn't even know blood was coming out of the people. So I went to a friend's house <laughs> or one of the other people that I grew up with. One of their kids' houses playing the game on their Sega Genesis and saw the blood because we had a black and white TV in our room. Small little <laughs> black, black and white TV smaller than this computer monitor. Okay. And we had to use the antennas to get like PBS and Fox and all that stuff. You kids don't understand how good you have it. Streaming was not a thing. Internet really wasn't a thing. <laughs> but regardless, like, most parents are like, oh, like, I want to get the kid a game. But I don't, 
Mickey Mouse was probably a solid pick. Like, hey, shut his mouth. Mickey Mouse was probably a solid pick in terms of like, oh, it's Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse can't be bad because it's Mickey Mouse. Everyone likes Mickey Mouse. Just a little bit of ghostly advice here. Speaking of the 80s and 90s, don't feed Gizmo after midnight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oddly enough, that's the uh, dog's name is Gizmo because it looks like Gizmo from Gremlins. That's awesome. That's awesome. My my parents had one. That, uh, it was, she was a pug, and she had these big old bat ears that would like go up whenever she was like alert, and it looked just like Gizmo. I swear, but, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like, but yeah, um, uh, you know, uh, talking about that that uh, that sixteen bit past. You know, it's funny you mentioned Eight Bit Christmas with Neil Patrick Harris. I was looking at a, a list of Christmas movies recently, and I saw the name of that movie, and I was like, what What is this movie? I had never even heard of it. It's a so and, it came out last year on HBO Max. Uh, you should, matter of fact, whenever you get off this episode with me, go watch it with the kids because I think it's still on Max. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to go check it out. And because yeah. uh, I, I love Neil Patrick Harris, uh, I, I love, of course, you know, video games. Christmas movies are always fun. So even if they're lame, and so yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check it out. But uh, speaking of these these sixteen bit memories, um, when. Uh, I, I was one of the lucky the lucky ones, probably because I was an only child, to have a Sega Genesis and an SNES. Um, uh, I didn't get a lot of stuff on both of them. I think the the one game, um, funnily enough, I didn't plan this, but the one game that I got on both consoles was Street Fighter Two, um, <laughs> the the Super Street Fighter Two, and then Champion Edition. And um, so uh, I I don't have a, a super strong opinion about which one is better, but uh, I, I know that I, I, I have a. Very- <laughs> about the better one is a super nintendo version because see you were an only child so you did like even if friends came or it wasn't that often you didn't have to worry about sharing with two younger brothers like i did (laughs) for those of you and you know it's funny i was talking to someone else about this and this is a little bit of foreshadowing like in the this will come up in the future people but there for people that had street fighter 2 on the Sega Genesis, if you had a regular three-button controller, as we all know, Street Fighter 2 has punch and kick buttons. And there's three punches, medium, um, light, medium, heavy, same thing with three kicks. How do you mm-hmm. think you did punches and kicks on the Sega Genesis Street Fighter? <laughs> right, yeah, especially if you just had the three-button controller. Yeah, you yeah. had to hit start <laughs> to switch between punches and kicks. Yeah. That, yeah. that So was, to me, to this pain. day... Unless you had a six-button Sega Genesis controller, Street Fighter 2 on the Super Nintendo is the superior Street Fighter during the 60-bit era, and I will die on this hill. <laughs> well, and I've got a lot of memories of playing Super Street Fighter 2. That was the one that introduced the four new fighters, and yep. a buddy of mine would, uh, uh, he and I had epic showdowns where he would play as Ryu, and I would play as Fei Long. Oh, and wow. we would we would get up to like, round five or round six because we would like tie and then double KO each other. And wow. like, we were really, really evenly matched. And you know, it's, it's something magical when you find somebody who is like just the right level as you, they're not better. They're not worse. You know, neither of you were like fantastic, but you're like on the same level. And so, you know, you can really have those epic showdowns and, you know, I didn't have any of those kind of memories with the Mickey mouse game, obviously, because it was one player, one player. but yeah. But but still, I think just because of the graphics and and the the quality of the music and the the, the tightness of the gameplay, it it's really really memorable. I can still remember like vividly scenes from that game, and you know Disney's always been about quality control, and a lot of their video games were were no different, especially when it came to their boy Mickey. 
So, um, so yeah, these are these are two games I think fit fit very well in my my 16-bit memories. So glad I was able to kind of float my way over here and uh, and share a little bit of my my Christmas memories with you and hopefully bring a little more magic of the holiday back into your life. Well, we'll see how that goes. But um, I forgot to mention that um, <laughs> Bedroth here is not only the uh, co-host of BG Mania, but also uh, what's the movie podcast you do? Uh, I forget what's called. Um, the Ball. Well, anybody can go check it out if they want to. Um, I actually am not doing that one anymore. My my oh. co-host got a new job, and I think that they didn't want him talking about legal movies to oh, seem like legal advice. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. yeah, it was called it was called the Movie Bar. We have about ten episodes, and um, a friend and fellow VGM podcast fan, the Dyad. Um, and I, uh, who the diet is a lawyer, uh, he and I would talk about, would watch a, a legal movie of some kind and um, and talk about the movie. And one of my favorite episodes actually was from last Christmas. We watched both versions of Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, yeah, because there's the original and then there's the um, mm-hmm. one came out during the 90s. Dear God, that's... Yeah. Which, yeah, and the original is is really, really good. If anybody hasn't seen it, go watch it. The 90s one is a lot more like, Modern. like I, I don't know, it's it's a lot more TV movie. But yeah. my wife absolutely adores that movie. She watches it every year and makes hot cocoa, watches that movie while she's wrapping Christmas presents. And so that's a very special movie to me as well. Uh, so that was a fun, fun episode. But yeah, BG Mania is my only current gig. Uh, Brian, uh, the main host, and I do that every, roughly every week or so. The release schedule has been a little bit wonky lately, but um, but we still we still pump them out as much as we can. And we've got probably around the time this posts, we're going to be uh, posting our best of 2023 episode where we talk about the best soundtracks uh, from games of 2023. And I have been. You know me, Daryl. I, I do all kinds of uh, research on the yeah. stuff that I bring to podcasts, and so I have been just just buried. It, it's been an embarrassment because <laughs> there have been so many great soundtracks this year. I uh, have listened to hours and hours and hours of video game music over the last couple of weeks preparing for this podcast. So, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So it's funny because so my other podcast, Senpai's Playlist, which is not for children. No one should be letting their children. <laughs> Anyone under the age of 18 should not be listening to this podcast. And if you are, shame on you, regardless. Um, so every year, every, so we usually have two seasons a year because we have 10 episodes, take a break for a month or two, then come back. Um, mm-hmm. So we're coming up on our um, end of season seven. It'll be episode 10, our best of 2023. And it's like, I have to go back and like, okay, what anime came out? Because we used to talk about like, our favorite fights, favorite episodes. But, you know, we focus on the music, but we talk about the answer. And it's like, I have to do the same thing. I have to research. Like, what came out? What did I watch? What else? Because yeah. a lot of people, like, and the thing is, I thought to, when I was younger, I really thought to myself, because you would hear, like, older people talking about, like, man, I remember this, but sometimes I don't remember. I thought, to myself, man, I'm never going to forget the things that I like. But as I get older, there's only three things I can really keep track of. Pokemon. <laughs> Um, what game systems I currently own and what bills I have to pay. That's it. And sometimes I forget like a small bill like slips because it's like (laughs) you have so much stuff you do between if you have kids, raising the kids, um, going to work, being in a steady relationship, things like that. You tend to forget things. So then you have to go back and remind yourself of stuff. And it's like, oh man, I forgot about this. So I understand. It's like, yeah, so 
But thank you again, Bedrock, for showing up. Uh, people can find him, BG Mania, on most wherever you can get your podcasts. Spotify, Wrapped. I don't even know what other podcasting services are. I go to Spotify for all my stuff. Yeah, I mean, people have been talking about Spotify scrubbing some other episodes randomly lately. I haven't seen it. It hasn't happened to BG Mania, uh, as far as I know. So, um, but yeah, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find any of these. I will say for anybody who listens to the movie bar, uh, the dyad and I keep it pr- pretty clean, but some of the movies we watch, because they're legal movies, can get kind of intense. So I would say PG-13, probably. BG Mania, most episodes are just fine, but then occasionally we'll get really excited and and things and will one be a little... One, one or two come out. Yep. I mean, yeah, look, yeah, one, one or two, but you know, it's it's nothing, nothing any middle schooler doesn't hear on a daily basis. So, uh, but yeah, man, it's uh, been really good to be here. But uh, yeah, it sounds oh like I, what? I'm just, I'm just realizing. I think before my before I zoned out and and found my way here, I think I was still in the middle of that fight with Bison. Man, I was on, I was on level nine. I got to get back and make sure he hadn't beat me yet. Okay, right, I'll see you it, later, Daryl. I'm, I'm getting. Uh, <laughs> Okay, that that was some weird music. Never heard that before. Who are you? I am the ghost of 32 bits. Past Daryl the Reconballers. You look like Rage Cage? Rage Cage, is that you? That does not matter at this moment. You are here to just. You look like Rage Cage. (laughs) Do not look at the image that you see before you. It is merely the spirit that you must consume with. It's kind of hard to not look at the image before me when the image before me is standing before me. 
Let me guess. You're, you're here to talk to me about like you know like the last spirit 16 bit the the meaning of video game christmas again back to like for what for what man okay the gaming industry sucks nowadays okay they're trying to disarm my leg my kids are asking for games i don't even play or understand like just just, just why why <laughs> why why are you ask why are you ask daryl recon vowels actually it's the last weekend you know mr 32-bit ghosts <laughs> I will teach you the true meaning of BGM Christmas. Is uh, that what it is? I guess I... Quite... What's the true meaning of BGM Christmas? <laughs> I wish I could tell you. I'm still so fresh to being corp semi-corporeal once more. Um, uh, 32-bit past. What I can tell you about 32-bit. It's a beautiful, wonderful time. Yes, there is many 3D polygons which are very rough and maybe off-putting when you had all those beautiful games on your Super Nintendo. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I had a Sega Genesis when I was a kid, but like, 32-bit, you know, like, it's on 64, the, the, the Game Boy Advance, those things, like, you know, like, I didn't get those things for Christmas, okay? When it was my time to get a Game Boy Advance for Christmas, you know what I got? Nothing. I got socks and a, and a poster of The Rock. Actually, it does not sound that bad. It, it, it was horrible. It was horrible. I had a girlfriend at the time, and she was, look, don't get me wrong, I was really big into wrestling, and, you know, I still am, and, you know, I was a fan of The Rock, and then every girlfriend I started having at that point in time, you know, was into the rocks. So I was like, okay, now nah, I hate the fucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, behold, I get a picture of, the, I get a poster of the rock for Christmas. That doesn't sound very bad. In fact, the rock looks very good in 32 bits. I mean, yeah, No Mercy was one of the greatest wrestling games of all time. <laughs> See? 32-bit pass is very good indeed. But I did not get it for Christmas. <laughs> well, Daryl Bowers, I am here to teach you the wonders of the 32-bit landscape. From the lowliest of polygons to the most lush of pixelated graphics. Bright work like you've never seen before. You can play some from Final Fantasy VII, aren't you? Everybody play some from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> no, actually. No, what we will play is something from Saga Frontier 2. Wait, sorry. Are you going to edit this at all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go, uh, Mr. 32-bit, one, you kind of broke character in two. I think I switched up. We came into the Saga Frontier song. Oh, yes, 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 no, 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 no. Sorry, it's just all this... Being in hell is not quite as fun as one would imagine. Whoa, 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 whoa. You were, you, you were in hell? I thought all the ghosts... I got the ghosts from the original story came from, you know, heaven. Like, just... I was, I was, I was in heaven, but it was just way too stifling. So I went to hell. Much more interesting. Those How's the Wi-Fi down there? How's the Wi-Fi down there? Fair to middling. Uh, Fair to middling. What? I expected all the fire, all the brimstone. But anyway, all right, so what, right, what, right. what do you play that isn't Final Fantasy VII no, from 32 no, no, no. What I have for you here is 
what I have for you here, Daryl, the last Reconbowers. It's something quite delightful. Very delightful, in fact. Very opposite of what Final Fantasy VII is. It was on the Game Boy Advance, which you also did not very much get. Instead, you got socks and a poster of the rock. Can you smell what I'm cooking, Johnson? What I have here for you is Filefield from Mega Man Battle Network on the Game Boy Advance. All right, I, I, I guess we'll listen to this track and hopefully I can get some kind of meaning of Christmas from this. So here's the track. Filefield? Firefield from Firefield. Mega Man Battle Network on the Game Boy Advance, composed by Akari Kaeda. And the role of the thir- Ghost of 32-Bit Christmas Pass is played by none other than Rage Cage, host of the VG Emporium. Um, and, you know, I when I reached out to a bunch of people about, like, you know, the VGM Christmas, you know, VGM Christmas Carol, Rage Cage was one of the people, except for, like, he could definitely play a ghost. So, all right, what what does this game mean to you in terms of like Christmas? Was this something you got as a Christmas gift or? Yes. Okay. So for this, so how there's there's a big story here. Okay. That's the so whole point Net- of this episode. Yeah. Go on. So making my battle network. So I remember like in 2001, you know, early 2001, looking at a game magazine, and uh, you know, I was talking about the Game Boy Advance and showing some of the games that was going to come out on it, and one of them was Mega Man Battle Network. And at the time, you know, I was really big into Mega Man, and I saw this thing, I was like oh man that looks really cool like you know it was an rpg it was Mega Man, but um i knew i'd probably never play it anytime soon because you know i always got 
consoles either secondhand or a generation behind. So I figured I'd probably not play this until years later. Same, same as you said, as you were saying. Yeah. So, um, you know, like a few years earlier, though, um, you know, my family had gone through some, you know, hard things, and I ended up going to foster care. We ended up getting back together, but then, uh, you know, like uh, there were some other things that happened. My, you know, we were kind of in the middle of a move, and so my dad and my mom had uh, had the lady that took care of me in foster care, like take me for, you know, the month, like you know, for Christmas, unfortunately, but you know, it was for for moving and taking care of a bunch of stuff. And so that Christmas, what she had gotten me. Knowing that it was probably something I was really would wanting, was a Game Boy Advance on Christmas of 2001. Wow! And the game, and the game that she got me was a Shrek man. wrestling game. No, the Shrek wrestling <laughs> game for Game Boy Color. Happily ever after slam down or something. Something like that, but um. Yeah, she got it for me, and I was like, oh, okay, I, I don't know if I can play it on this, because I seriously did not know that I could play, you know, yeah, Game yeah, Boy Game games on the Game Boy Advance, because, you know, that. So we ended up going back to Kmart in Auburn, exchanged it, and I got Mega Man Battle Network. And I got to tell you, that was that that was a wonderful experience. Just, like, it looked so amazing. Like, even though, like, you know, the original Game Boy Advance, the screen is so dim, and you need to, like, have a really good source of light to, like, you know, see everything. Just the like the colors, the way how everything looked, like the battle system, how it worked was really interesting and got my brain engaged in a way it, I never thought could be. And the music, of course, is you know really good. Like it, different for a very early Game Boy Advance game, it really played to the strengths of the sound system because you know it's the sound chip of the Game Boy, you know the two two square, one wave, and one noise channel, and then what's called the direct sound, which are two sample channels which either can play a uh, streamed audio, like, you know, they arrange the music beforehand and then just pump it through that, or it can trigger samples as, a, like, you know, it's programmed. So a lot of it was used, like, for just pads and, you know, percussion and stuff. But, yeah, that was a, that was a special, that was a special thing, kind of. Wow, yeah, this thing I, yeah, this thing I didn't think I would get for years. And then you, and then you got it. Right there. See, and it's, it's funny. So, by the way, I looked it up. The name of the Shrek game was Sh Shrek... Fairy tale Freakdown. Oh, dear. Yeah, I just looked it up. Hold on. Let me double check. I had I just, I believe, that, oh, God, the, thing, the way they named things back then. Wacky. Yeah. Yeah, Fairy Tale Freakdown. Dear God. Um, it's probably some adult movies named after that. But regardless, oh, like, oh. no, but I'm right there with you, but like, when I was younger, my family, we had a lot of hardships as well. Um, and so while most kids was getting like PS2s and things like that, we were still like, I remember when the, uh, uh, I want to say, like when everyone else had like PlayStations and N64s, yeah. we still had like a Sega Genesis. Yep. So, and the thing is, like I say all the time, I've mentioned on multiple other podcasts, I feel like, like I didn't get a Super Nintendo until I was like 15. And mind you, the PS2 Same. had been out oh, no, at that no, point. I, no, I had actually gotten it younger, so yeah. So the yeah. PS2 had been out at that point, because we had a Sega Genesis. At one point, we didn't even have a Sega. We just had a regular Nintendo. And me and my brother Dave used to play uh, Ninja Turtles Arcade, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. And we also used to play Kirby on that so much. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we didn't get like newer systems till we started getting older, until my stepdad came into picture. So like... While everyone has PS2, we still were rocking the 64. I didn't get a Super Nintendo until I was 15. I feel like 
I appreciate the Super Nintendo more as a teenager yeah. than I would have as a kid because, like, you know, Super Nintendo, they had, like, better RPG. Like, I, I hate to say it, but they had better RPGs. In addition to that, their controller was much better for fighting games. Have you ever tried to play Street Fighter on a Street Fighter 2 on a Sega Genesis? Yes. Okay. Have you played it with a regular Sega Genesis controller? Yes. So you know how you have to switch between kicks and punches. Yeah. You have to. A lot of people don't know this, but those of <laughs> you who don't, who've never had to play Street Fighter 2 on a Sega Genesis, if you don't have a six button Sega Genesis controller, you have to hit the start button to switch the ABC between punch and kicks. It is the yeah. most infuriating thing ever. Like you gotta, you gotta, gotta get your hands fixed just right. Yeah, Use your just, index just, finger to fucking press it while you're... You have bam. to think like three steps ahead before like even trying to like play Street Fighter against anyone. Like Super Nintendo was just where it at. Like a lot of my button control, a lot of my control inputs for like fighting games derive from how a Super Nintendo controller is. And that's how I set up all my button inputs for any fighting game I play, be it Tekken, yeah. Street Fighter, whatever. But I definitely feel that whole didn't get it till way after its heyday and then just that one that one gift that like you're like oh like and for you it was like oh you got this one game i don't know if i could really play this and then you got to trade in for even better let's be honest an even yeah. better game oh I mean, man sorry to, so sorry to all you look i'm a wrestling fan but sorry to all you shrek fairy tale freak down fans out there like i even looked at games like game screen footage let me explain something people i've played wrestling games on Damn near every system there is. I've played the old WWF games on the Nintendo. Um, WrestleMania Arcade on the Super Nintendo. Um, I think there was a wrestling game on the uh, Sega Genesis. I've played it on Game Boy. I've... Wrestling games on a handheld up till the DS are not great. The only good wrestling game I can think of that was on a handheld is uh, WWE Superstars for the DS... That is a very, if you can get your hands on that and you have a DS, it plays just like it does on like the Xbox 360 and the PS3. It's a fun game. It's basically NFL Blitz meets the WWE. Okay. It's great. Like oh, over top moves. But like, ridiculous it, boy. But that was the point. That's the point of this, yeah. of this episode. Like hearing stories like that. Cause a lot of us, yeah. like, a lot of us didn't grow up with much money. And it's funny because I was sitting there saying to a friend of mine the other day, like how, when we were kids, a lot of our parents weren't gamers. They weren't big into games yeah. or they were anti-game. But now we've grown up and like I know you and the missus don't have any kids, but you probably have nieces and things like that. Yeah, I have a niece and nephew on my on my side, and then yeah. she has like a bunch of nieces and, and a nephew and on her side. You get to be so, yeah. the fun uncle with all this game knowledge, like, hey, you yeah. know, you guys got your Minecraft and your Fortnite. Nope. Go on. So if like if the niece is you know apathetic to what I have to say, and then the nephew is just so obsessed with one thing, Sonic and Skibbity Toilet, it's hard <laughs> wait, to it's hard wait. to impart my video game knowledge. What, what was that second thing? Skibbity what? You don't know about Skibbity Toilet? What the what the Pentagon fucking? You are you to... you are oh. blessed. You are so blessed <laughs> to not know. But if you are if you are if you are um, curious, just look up Skibbity Toilet. Okay. And oh. you may you may or may not want to uh, internal internally vomit inside your brain. Listen, I uh, so what kind of ultimately kicked off this but, idea for me was I was talking to my sons, my two oldest sons, because okay. they're still down in Florida. Me and her mom's yeah. going to that's story for another. Anyway, and I was asking them, "What do y'all want for Christmas?" 
And my oldest son, Eric, goes, I would like uh, Mortal Kombat XL for the <laughs> PS4 because they have it up here for yeah. their Xbox One, but they don't have it for their PS4 down there because he doesn't feel like going through and unlocking everybody again. He just wants them all unlocked from the gate. I'm like, all right, fine. But And he said he also wants Splatoon, I think, 3 for the Switch. I'm like, all right, Dad can do that. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, man, like, this is really taking a turn because, like, the previous Christmas, I got them, uh, no, like, two Christmases ago, I got them Cruising Exotica, uh -huh. Cat um, Katamari Rerolled, Ooh. and, uh, yeah, they love the Katamari games. Katamari oh, Rerolled yeah. and um, the Hot Wheels Unleashed game, okay? Okay. And, per and I think I got the one other game, but I can't remember. But per me not knowing much about the Hot Wheels Unleashed game, that's not a game kids to be like that. That's a hard game to like unlock. You got to keep constantly earning credits. It's yeah. not really a pay to win, but at the same time, it's like, eh. But the Cruising Exotica game, they actually really enjoy as well as Katamari. Huh. And I was just like, man, th th this is really taking a turn. Like, and my son still is. He asked me for like this thing, Rainbow, something from Rainbow Friends. It looks like a squid with four legs and an X and a blue head and it's stuffed. I'm like, whatever he wants, this is what he's getting. Cause, oh, no, yeah, yeah. And then, and, oh, then, no. um, <laughs> and then he asked me for a Lego Minecraft Warden set. I'm like, I don't know what this is. I had to go to a couple of oh, friends' no. kids and ask them to explain it to me. Regardless, it just got me thinking, like, wow, how much Christmas has changed from when I was a kid to yeah. kids. Because I remember being a kid and asking my mom for um, – Sonic and Knuckles, so we could play Sonic 3 with the lock on technology. Because my brother yeah. David, he had a friend, lock on. yeah, exactly. Like, just, <laughs> you know, Nintendo basically essentially creating the first ever DLC. No, not Nintendo Sega, Sega. So, yeah, you know, like that's what, like, man, like, I just kind of want to go through a thing and see what other people's Christmas stories is. Because you think about that kid with the N64, yeah. Well, myself, like, uh, like I said, I I was always like a constant, like a generation behind or anything. Like, I didn't get my PlayStation until like maybe two thousand three, two thousand four, when Jeez. PS when PS five was already like halfway through its lifespan. But you know, <laughs> still, I you know, I discovered a lot of cool games on the PS one even at that time, and were pretty impressed. Like Saga Frontier to the one that you know, yeah, the intro that came track. Ghost that you were yeah. talking to, yeah, um, that one. That if you haven't seen it, that is a beautiful game. It's like, you know, all all the characters are sprite, you know, sprites. But the backgrounds are all watercolored backgrounds, like actually like watercolored, hand painted, and then scanned in, and then used as backgrounds. Wow. That is and cool. uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a really beautiful game. The gameplay, you know, it's interesting. It's definitely unfinished, but yeah, just like just PlayStation has so many like really cool, quirky games that were like even with 3D ones, there were just like really interesting things they were doing with low poly stuff. Like you know, I think like there was like Vic Ribbon. And uh, even uh, I can't name a thing, Look, but one of my one of my favorite games to this day when it comes to the PlayStation, it's three distinct games. Um, ah, crap, Ape Escape because oh, yeah. it revolutionized using analogs. Okay. Yeah, it was one of the first games to use like and you had to have the analog controller to play it. Um, oh crap, what was the other one? I used to play it all the time. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Oh yeah. Because that was the first time I found out, yeah. like, if you took the disc and you put it in a CD player, it plays got, the music from the game. Got Redbook Audio. Another, yeah, I was like... That that was introduced in, like, the 16-bit area with, like, those CD-based games, like, you know, PC Engine CD, or uh, TurboGrafx CD and Sega CD and all that. But, yeah, 
That's I discovered that with Cool Borders 2 on the PlayStation. And, um... So, it's a toss-up and a tie for me between Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. Because those uh -huh. were the first survival horror games I played. I completely skipped 1 and went straight to 3. And I re remember originally going back to play 2 because I enjoyed the... Actually, you know, I would say I'll put 2 above 3. But the simple fact of I enjoyed the whole thing of like it's a two disc game. You have Chris, you have uh, Leon disc and Claire disc, okay? Yeah. And you can play the game two different ways to get two different scenarios. You can start with Leon A, Claire B, or Claire A, Leon B. And like yeah. I think that was the first time for me. I was like, oh man, this is this is really great. So like those three games always stuck out to me. And there's like a bunch of like I have a bunch of original PlayStation One games. I just every now and then I'll go out. I'm like, oh man, I remember playing this. I'll go grab it. Like, there's a game over there called Battle Hunter. Um, I have two extreme and three extreme, which are, like, racing games yeah. that involve, um, uh, like, inline skating, skateboards, BMX stuff. Um, oh, God, that's another game. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Like, Oh, man. Yeah, that was so many hours. Yeah, so many. Like, when this <laughs> game came out, like, I, I get it. During that time, Tony Hawk, just like Pokemon and other things, like, was, like, hotcakes. This is the thing. Oh, man that everybody yeah. enjoyed and here comes this video game and you wouldn't think people like i'm pretty sure when this first thing came out they didn't think they didn't realize the massive amount of fan base they would get for yeah. the amount of people who would love playing this game because people were crazy about this game and like they came too and people were even crazier and then when part three came out Hey, it kind of dried off a little. Oh, that's uh, assistant number one. You could have looked at your phone for a second. I asked if you could open, unlock and open the doors because I have multiple things. Oh, sorry. Here. I, I had on vibrate. Okay. Well, it looks like I'm at the, you know, let okay. you go, Rage Cage. But thank you for All being right. here. And like, um, yeah. What, do, do you hear that music? What, what, uh, ah! Oh, bye.
Oh, sweet Jesus. I keep getting sucked around to all these different places. Music starts playing. Oh, God, who are you? <laughs> I'm the ghost of BGM 6th Gen Past. I, I, I did this with the other ghosts. Oh, God, my hands just put through you. Oh, creepy, creepy. It, it, Alex? Hey, Daryl. Uh, okay, okay. This, this not just gets weirder and weirder. Okay. First Professor Tom, then Pernell, then Rage Case, then, and now you. And then on top of that, Professor Tom said there's only going to be three ghosts. I'm not the ghost number four. Why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you here? Hop to remind me of VGM Pass like the other ones, huh? Pretty much. Yeah, I have nothing better to do. Date night with Carly. You know, playing GameCube. Something, man. <laughs> Watching the Penguins lose. I say that very calmly in case my fiance is awake and not in this corporeal realm. But how, how did you get here, man? Like, you're, you're non-corporeal. You know, I'm just as baffled as you are on it. It was like one moment I was here, and then all of a sudden I'm there. Yeah, oddly enough, same thing happened with Tom. Just, just he just showed up. Hey, but, but, all right, all right, so, so why are you here? Like, are are you also here like the others to try to get to remind me of how good VGM was during the Christmas holidays? Because again, I'm telling you, like I told the others, I'm really not feeling it, man. Like, all these kids want are these stupid games that don't have good soundtracks. That aren't even fun. Well, I don't know what everyone else has been saying, but I'm going to tell you, you're completely wrong on that. <laughs> Dude, I cannot think of the last time I played a game that was fun. And now, why are we in this place with all these Is this a Toys R Us? It sure is. Okay, okay so, so, all right, why are we here? Why are we at Toys R Us, Alex? <laughs> Toys R Us is a magical land. Yeah, just like Disneyland, except it doesn't exist no more. I mean, it still kind of cost your arm and a leg when it did, but you get my point. <laughs> okay, so so what what are we here? Are we looking for something? Is there, is there some kind of magical thing? I'm, this isn't like Kingdom Hearts where I'm supposed to find a keyhole and shoot a laser from a giant key that people are using to bludgeoning other people. What if I told you that there was a video game system that... Is pretty much like a lunchbox, and it has like a handle, and that you play video games on it. That, that sounds vaguely familiar. God, like as I as I've gotten older in the years, like I have forgotten so much. But what what is this magical system you speak of? I think it was called the Nintendo GameCube. I I think I have memories of this. It was purple and black and some were silver there was even a yellow one that kid over there is just drooling all over those playstation controllers where are his parents who knows and i, I kind of forgot what it was like to be at toys r us it's been so long it like, like wait what's this wait i think i remember is this what I think it is, Alex? I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty amused by the background noise. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that th 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 that got someone just landed. Oh, uh, now they're just running down 
the aisles, knocking Legos onto the floor. That's that's great. Just great. But it, is this is this Super Mario Sunshine? It is. I haven't played this in forever. I, I you know maybe we'll listen to this and maybe things will be better. So uh, here's uh, I believe Gelato Beach. I, I remember this level. Oh yeah. All right, here's the track. Okay, we're back. Uh, so the first track we came into was Sully's Apartment from Monsters, Inc. for the Game Boy Advance, composed by Kinuyo Yamashita, which I came to find out, I'm going to include a link to her website 
in the show notes. Uh, she does a lot of songs. She recently posted her doing herself a piano cover of the Buffalo Bison stage from Mega Man X3. And the song we just listened to was Gelato Beach from Super Mario Sunshine, composed by Kochi Kondo and Shinobu Tanaka. And ladies and gentlemen, the sixth gen the sixth gen ghost of VGM Pass, Alex the Messenger Messenger, host of The Messenger Presents a VGM Journey. How you been, Alex? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? You know, uh, a little bit better. Like, you know, like over like as I was like visited by the other ghosts and listened to the tracks, it's like I started I was still a little on the on the fence, but then heard this like Super Mario Sunshine, like one my one of my favorite games on the GameCube. Matter of fact, one of my favorite Mario games to be exact. I mean, it is a pretty fantastic game. Yes, yes, it is. I mean, like I remember when they first announced Super Mario Sunshine. Much like with the Wind Waker, like with Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, I was on the fence. Like, I don't know if this is gonna be fun. And then I got a hold of it via a friend because they were playing it. They didn't have much fun with it. And I grandly enjoyed the game from the levels, the boss fights using blood, just the idea of like cleaning up like paint around town and then like giving um, baby Bowser, well, Bowser Jr., like his own little backstory. So it, it was great. Yeah. I- I think the game was pretty awesome, and uh, I don't know, I thought one of the coolest things about the game was that all the levels were connected, like, geographically, like... Yeah, there was know, no you, load screens. Well, you could, uh, you could be in one level, and then you could just, like, look out in the distance and, like, see some of the other levels. Yeah, so much Nintendo's capitalized on over the years, but... Alright, so why does this particular game bring you such good Christmas memories? Well, the GameCube was, well, one of my favorite systems. I mean, I don't know. I've kind of gushed about it like so many times and even did a, an episode with Ed Wilson on his show, VG Embassy, where we talked about the Nintendo GameCube and a lot of the like exclusive games that were on it and the music for the, for it. And, uh, yeah, uh, it was Christmas 2002 when I got my Nintendo GameCube and I had Super Mario Sunshine bundled with it. Oh, wow. Oh, so you got the bundle. Okay. So you got this for Christmas and what? It was just like, what, shock and all? Like, oh, GameCube and it came with Super Mario Sunshine. I was wanting both. I mean... You know, I I played the hell out of my Nintendo 64 at the time, and I was like, oh, cool, you know, new system, new Mario game. I mean, you know, of course I wanted to get it. And it's funny, because, so the same year you got that, um, and this is like one of my favorite Christmas memories, too, because the GameCube definitely is one of them systems that I feel like, in terms of like my favorite systems of all time, sits up there. Number one to me, still this day, will be the Sega Dreamcast. Okay, I'm sorry. Like, greatest system of all time. It was too pure for this world, as Professor Tom stated. Uh, But I remember Resident Evil Zero came out this same year that you got this. And I got that for Christmas. It was one of my favorite Christmas gifts. Because I remember asking my mom for it. Because when I was younger, we didn't have 
many great Christmases. Like, our Christmases were kind of, like, very crappy. So, I remember, like, my mom was like, you guys can have one thing. And I remember asking for this, thinking, like, all right, I'm probably not going to get this. Lo and behold, I open up Christmas morning, and bam, Resident Evil Zero. I remember um, playing it during my Christmas break. And there's a puzzle in the game where you have to... Um, it, it's a puzzle that involves... Uh, what are they called? Um, like, it's like these animals. Like, which animal preys on what animal type thing, okay? And I remember spending like 45 minutes on this puzzle. And I did not have a computer in the house. Sorry, by the way. Excuse all the kids in the background. Um, my one-year-old and my niece's son it, are just both like being little brats right now uh but anyway they uh i remember i could not figure out this puzzle for anything and i called myself walking from my house all the way out to the library up there on 29th street in harrisburg pennsylvania and that's about maybe like a i'm gonna say like a 15 20 minute hike there and 20 minutes back in the middle of december just to get, uh, just to like look up how to get past this puzzle. So, yeah, the GameCube definitely held some great memories for me too. Um, what would you say is one of your other than Super Mario Sunshine? What's one of your favorite GameCube games? You know, that's a really good question. I mean, I think I would say The Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker. I know I poured a lot of hours into that game. And I think Super Smash Brothers Melee is another game. So oddly enough, alright, so while I did have Melee, while I did have Wind Waker, um the GameCube game, I I would say my It's gonna be weird, my top five GameCube games. So number one will always be Mario Kart Double Dash. Loved Mario Kart Double Dash to me is the best Mario Kart hands down on a lot of people talk about mario kart 8 with all this extra track mario kart double dash is the best mario kart ever and i will die on this hill uh my second favorite game would be um uh mario tennis for the gamecube i was undefeated in that game in my household because i used to use either um what was it uh i'll use luigi boo and um pd piranha I was undefeated. Uh, number three, you know me, I'm a wrestling fan. Day of Reckoning. The first day, WWE Day of Reckoning. Like, so, if you play most wrestling games nowadays, like, in terms of, like, creative suites and creating, like, entrances and characters and stuff, they're very in-depth. But Day of Reckoning at that time for that era was when the most in-depth creative like creative wrestler like things ever in terms of the wrestling games out at that moment like you could choose camera angles and it was just it was incredible um four would be def jam fight for new york not not fight for new york um vendetta basically a wrestling game with rappers so like it's a lot of it's a lot of wrestling games just so you know and number five and the only reason why number five is in number five spot is because i played it so much but then better versions of wrestling games came out throughout the years it would be wrestlemania 19 for the gamecube 
because there's a mode on there where you can fight on an oil on top on an oil you can wrestle on an oil rig and me and my friends had a rule that the only way you could win is if you power if you slam someone through the center of the oil rig down into the ocean couldn't win by pin you couldn't win by submission you had to throw someone off <laughs> so. you know i was just thinking about it and actually i'm looking at my uh my gamecube collection and i want to take back my answers so Ooh, there's actually gosh, gosh. two games that i actually love more than <laughs> melee and the wind waker and actually okay. i i got them i got them right here Ooh, okay. so yeah. i got paper mario i remember paper you telling mario me to try that yeah game's pretty amazing i'm actually really excited for the switch version Ooh, okay. and then this one I consider it my crowning jewel of my collection, and I've held on to this copy for almost 20 years. But I got oh my Chibi god, Robo. Chibi Robo! That'll definitely net you some money if you ever sell that. You know, to be honest, I don't think I ever will. I mean, I don't know. I it's... Mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like some people, they like like Pernell's Pernell sits atop a fortune. He has a fortune, literally, in his house. <laughs> so, all right. So, Chibi Robo, um, Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door. I would say those are like my top two games. All right. Yeah, just I, man, like when I think back to like the GameCube, there's so many great games that came out. Like just I, I one of my favorite survival horrors of all time, Eternal Darkness, Sandy's Requiem. What oh that game the way it messes with your mind like if I could ever get a copy of that for my um collection I probably would it costs an arm and leg but I definitely would um yeah it's funny because oh god just the GameCube was just one of them systems that like a lot of people looked at it and like oh I'd rather have a PS2 or an Xbox and like don't get me wrong I enjoyed my Xbox. And I enjoyed having a PS2, but honestly, I felt like during that time and age, the GameCube had so many great games. It was very hard to find a game on the GameCube that you couldn't either A, play with friends, or B, enjoy by yourself. Like, buying a GameCube game damn near meant, like, oh, I'm going to be happy with this. I mean, Soul Calibur 2 had Link. Like, just... Ah, oh, so many great memories. So, so, so. Yep. Yeah, yeah, there it is. There it is. Like, oh, God, just, I don't think people understand it. Like, just, my only gripe about the GameCube is that we never got a true proper Star Fox sequel. Like, Star Fox Assault, that was great, but, like, was it a true Star Fox sequel? Not a lot of people like it. And I enjoy Star Fox Dinosaur Planet, but, like, I mean, Dinosaur Adventure, Star Fox Adventures... Dino Plant, whatever. I'm, uh. The Zelda one. Oh, yeah, that one. Um, <laughs> oh, God, and then GameCube introduced, like, um, what was it? Uh, it was Pokemon Gale of Darkness. Uh, not many people liked it, though. Uh, po Pokemon Battle Coliseum. The using the Game Boy Advance adapter to play games like uh, Final Fantasy, Crystal Chronicles, Legend of Zelda, Four Swords Adventures. Uh, just, uh, if you hooked it up while playing... Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime, that is a fantastic oh, masterpiece. I still need I need to get a hold of three for my Wii so I can finally beat the um before I mean but by the time that happens, we'll still be waiting on four. <laughs> yeah. Like 
like Game Awards was last night. I'm just like, well, nothing about four. <laughs> just people ripping apart Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3's campaign. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, was, uh, I thank you for coming on and sharing your memories with me. Do you have any other good Christmas memories with your GameCube? I mean, I'm sure there was probably some other good stuff, but I, I, I don't think anything really overshadowed, like, getting, Just getting the it. GameCube. Uh, getting think... the GameCube and Super Mario Sunshine. I mean, I, I don't think anything really beat that. How old were you when this happened? I was eight years old. Oh, man. Like, you know what's weird that you say that? So, I need to... Let me make sure I get the right information, because... So, because of a lot of stuff I went through as a kid, there's times where, like, my sense of, like, time and dates are thrown off completely. So, I look into something. I'm like, wait, I could have swore it was this year and not this year. Because it's, like, starts large gaps of time in my memory. So, I'm correct. Let's see. Uh, oops. And my... Texting skills have not improved all these years. Let's see, so okay, that would have made me. I'm trying to figure out when did that bundle come out? Because there, when I was a kid, there was a Sega Genesis bundle that came out with Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And I believe I was the same age that you were when you received that, um, the GameCube. I had to have been 8, because I remember, let's see. Yeah, I had to have been like 7 or 8. And I remember, like, Christmas Day, me and my brothers had opened up all our other gifts... And we were trying to figure, like, and we're thinking, like, all right, there's no more gifts. And my mom's like, wait, you guys got one last gift. And I remember our father had brought over this box, because at the time, him and my mom were separated. And one day, he picked us up from the babysitters, had took us home, and was watching us till our mom got off work. And he had this box with him that's wrapped in gift wrap. And we're like, Dad, what's this box? He's like, it's something for y'all. Y'all better not open this till Christmas. And I remember us sitting there just, like, looking at this thing, like, wondering what it was. And my mom had it there, and like we were trying to find ways to, like, you know, try to peel the flap. Oh, and, like, yeah, I've done that. And stuff like that. Like, trying to, like, figure out what this gift was. We couldn't. And so Christmas Day comes. We done com completely forgot about this box because it disappeared. So Christmas Day comes. We open up all our gifts. We're thinking that's it. And my mom says, You and your brothers got one last gift. So she pulls the, the box. There's the box. And we're like, what is in this box? We're thinking, it gotta be clothes, it's a board game, something. And we open this box. Sega, the, Sega Genesis 2, the second version, not the one with the little switch, that's Genesis 2, with Sonic the Hedgehog 2 built in. And it was one of the greatest Christmas memories of my life. And I was just so happy, like that kid with the, it's an N64! I felt like that kid. Oh my god, that's I never fantastic. got it. I never got an N64 for Christmas. I feel like I should just 
buy myself an N64 for... I already have an N64. I just buy an N64. But yeah, like, I, I get that feeling because it's like, oh my god, like, it's this whole game system. This is awesome. Like, it's like... And these are the memories, like, this is why I wanted to do this particular episode, because, um, as I've been saying to the other podcasters as I was recording this, I was talking to my sons, trying to figure out what they wanted for Christmas. And they were telling me, and I was like, man, what happened to, like, winning good games? Our good stuff. Because, so, regardless, just, um, but thank you for coming on and sharing your memories with us. Uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Oh, you can find me in the usual podcast services like Spotify Spot. and Apple Podcasts and and all that. I mean, if you can think of it, I mean, there's a real good chance that I'll be on there. Um, I'm also on this new podcast service. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's called Terra Player. I, I have heard of Terra Player before. Yeah, a lot of. A lot of VGM podcasts have been popping up on there, including mine. So that's another place to check out. All right, I'll definitely have to give that. I'll definitely have to look into that. Um, also, if you review, if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave them a five star review. Oh, I, would, <laughs> I don't really go around asking for it, but if it pops up and people are liking the show, I mean, you know, that's good with me. All right, Alex. Uh, oh, also, that reminds me, I do have my submission for Secret Santa for a one heat override. So I was going to ask you about that. So I'm going to submit that to you after the show ends. Uh, oh, after well, I get sucked. Ah! <laughs> Ooh.
Okay, thanks for recording. Oh, crap. That, 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 that was so... Where's... All right, more, more music. More getting sucked away. Oh, God, who are you? What's up, bro? I am the ghost of Christmas present and a little bit of the future, too. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Hair's a little bit more gray. A little bit more... Ed? I, I take some offense to the gray hair comment, but yeah, it's me, your prime VGM minister. Hold on, let me do this like this. And oh god, my hands went through you. I, I've been doing that all night. Ew, ew. Why is your ectoplasm so pristine? That's like, oh god, let me guess. Uh, Myla's been having you on a keto diet again, hasn't she? <laughs> of course, you know, I gotta keep my ectoplasm gluten free. Oh god, just gluten uh, free, lactose free. <laughs> Got the dietary restrictions. Wait, 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 we're getting. Why the fuck are you like? Why are you here, man? Like, why are you? What? Why? Like, all right, first, first it was Rage Cage. Well, actually, no, first it was now, and then it was Bedrock, and then it was Rage Cage, and then Alex, and now you're here. Let me guess, you're here to put me back in the spirit and make things all right. Hell no, man. I'm just here to remind you that modern VGM is super cool, too. Oh, you mean with all these Go-Ram indie titles? And what? Look, man, I'm tired of, if I have to play one more 8-bit roguelike cat Metrovania, just, just, this is going to be the next news. I'm going to lose my mind. I mean, Vampire Survivors is really cool, but everything else, man. It's just, everything's Metroidvania, or Fortnite-ish, or this, or that. It's infuriating and then these godforsaken kids of mine they don't even want games with good vgms that are good video games i tried to have them play street fighter 2 and all they did was stare at me like what are we supposed to do all right so you know that track i just played for you right yeah, yeah. oh that that was your what was that like i mean don't get me wrong it's, it's pretty chill man but yeah what's up with it <laughs> it's a game called snow brothers nick and tom special you remember snow brothers the nes game uh, never played it, but, okay. like, I have heard of it. Well, listen, so this is a remake. It's got a dope soundtrack, and it's a reminder from me to you that you can introduce your kids to games that are remakes of classic games, get them into it, and then show them where those games came from. It's a bridge to the past to get your kids interested in classic gaming. I mean... We did play Shredder's Revenge about two summers ago, mm -hmm. and I probably could have got them into Turtles in Time since I have the Cowabunga collection. Now you're thinking the right way. That's what I'm talking about. But I feel like if I really want to frustrate them one of these days, I have to have them play the original Ninja Turtles for the NES. Yeah. Give them some Streets of Rage 4 and then show them what Streets of Rage 2 was all about. There are these bridges that you can make to get them interested back in the classic stuff. Yeah, man, but, like, all the stuff these kids got nowadays, like... Fortnite, I mean, that game, look, don't get me wrong, there's something wrong with Fortnite, it's a brilliant formula, <laughs> but like, for me, it's not it, but these kids are crazy about it, that, and flipping Roblox, and the Crafts of Minds, it's just, I just, I feel like VGM has lost its way with these newer, don't get me wrong, I think it's great, we have all these people making these, people that grew up playing video games, making video games, but yet, mm -hmm. I feel like somewhere along the way, the VGM lost its flavor. I'll disagree. I'll disagree because I think you're looking in the wrong place. I think you got to look at the indie games. I think you got to look at all the amazing stuff that Jake Kaufman and uh, Pascal Michael Stafel and uh, who else is out there? Like just tons of chip tuners 
and young composers, Matt Creamer, all doing some really, really good stuff in the VGM space that sometimes they harken back to the classic music of old and sometimes they're just brand new bangers. And they're Pascal, amazing. Pascal Michael Stafield, what, what has he done? Like that, uh, is he like the brother of Pascal, uh, the guy that plays Mandalorian? Is he? <laughs> Not Pedro Pascal, no, no, no. Um, he wrote the soundtrack to A Hat in Time, which is another great bridge game because it plays a lot like the Mario 64 stuff and Mario Galaxy. So he wrote a really cool soundtrack for A Hat in Time. And uh, you might be hearing something from him pretty soon. What is it? Are you handing me a vinyl? People are still doing vinyls? People are always doing vinyls, and I'm not a huge fan of them, but they have some great artwork on them, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, well, unfortunately, we don't have an selling record player here. Okay, this gets creepier and creepier. Either this is a really bad acid trip, or I really need to get checked out. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I guess I'll play this in this uh, record player. Just drop, put the needle, and I guess here's the trap. Right on.
All right, people. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. All right. So that first track was title theme instrumental from Snow Bros 2022 Snow Bros by Hickey, Sung Jae-shin, and Won Yap Kim. And the track you just heard is You Are Now Legally a Bird by <laughs> Pascal Michael Stifel from a, the game A Hat in Time. And ladies and gentlemen, the ghost of VGM present and future, Ed Wilson. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Thanks for having me on, Daryl. This was uh, a lot of fun. Thanks. You know, it, it was weird because, like, as I was going through, like, when I first came up with this idea, I was like, man, who, who do I want to invite on? Like, I need several different ghosts because originally I was going to go with, like, three ghosts like but then i was like man there's so much generations of vgm and like when i pick when you pick the ghost of vgm well eight gen basically i was like you know i always pegged you like for like maybe being the eight bit guy because i was listening to uh the most recent nbc exclusive where you're talking about like your game setup for like uh in your room with the nintendo and all that stuff and i was like i feel like it but like this subject especially the way you explained it coming in fitted you perfectly it's like almost too perfect i mean i consider myself pretty generation agnostic like i don't care what i'll play everything from atari 2600 all the way up to you know games that just came out yesterday and i love the vgm from all of them so even though i have like a a classic setup and i'll play a lot of classic stuff i'm also very much into modern games too like a hat in time was was one of my favorite games from a couple years ago and i still listen to that soundtrack all the time it's it's just a it's a bop. Yeah, I was commenting on, like, before we started recording, how, like, when I first started listening to it, I was like, it sounded like the Wii Shop channel, and then, like, more of the instruments come in, and then you hear the trumpets. I'm like, oh, this is chill. Like, this is really chill music. Like, if my current job allowed me to listen to music in the office, this is something I would be playing mm. at my desk. Like, just, mm-hmm. just, just, but, um, yeah, that Snow Bros track, though, like, oh, man, that is just so just just so like i feel like if someone's like really trying to calm down like look just listen to this track you'll be good yeah oh i think so too there's also a, a vocal version of this track that plays at the end of the game and it's got kind of like uh anime yeah, I, Japanese yeah, the vocals yeah i heard that so i might play that as like as a bonus track because i was just i was like oh man this is great because i also might play so one the uh what's his name uh i forget hold on let me see if i can find it right all right so one of Alex's picks, the composer for the game, it was a Game Boy Advance game. I found, like, she has a website, and she has a piano cover of Blizzard Bison from Mega Man X3. Oh, cool. So I might play that as well, because I was like, oh, th- this is new. So Yeah, it's yeah, a wintery theme, too. Yeah, so I was sitting there thinking, like, all right, so what what is your Christmas memory with the, well, not these tracks, but your Christmas memory with video games in general? Like, what's a... Good one, because especially since you being a father, so you probably have some with your kids, so to say. Well, it's it's actually it's kind of a weird story, but it's kind of a fun story at the same time. That's why um, we're here. So this was around it was a couple of years after the PS4 got released. And I was um, I was a young dad. I had two kids. I was the only one working, so I was supporting all of them on my not great paycheck. We didn't have a lot of money. And I really wanted a PS4. And so my parents are usually generous to the three of us kids, me and my brother and my sister, around okay. Christmas time. So I um, I put on the list for my for my Christmas gifts. I was like, I'd really like a PS4. That would be really cool. <laughs> so I put a PS4 and a controller on the list, and, I, and an extra controller, because I knew that, you know, Eddie or Logan or Milo might want to play with me or whatever. 
So Christmas time comes, um, you know, there's, there's a, a few gifts for me under the tree. There's a bigger box and a couple of smaller boxes and I'm opening some presents and I open one and it's a PS4 controller. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah, that means I got the console. <laughs> and I'm looking at this big box over there. And, um, you know, I save it for last because I was like, this is going to be the big reveal. And I open it up and it's a pair of computer speakers with a subwoofer for my computer. <laughs> and my dad was filming, uh, you know, home videos at the time. So I still have it on video to this day of my face dropping for like a split second and then going back into a smile like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Because literally, it was the same size as the box of the PS4. Like, I was convinced. I was like, she got the controller. She must have gotten the console. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is great. Honestly, the speakers are balling. Like, I still have that, that setup hooked up today. Okay. I was like, oh, you got the PS4 controller, but I thought you also, I thought that meant you got the console. So that that's why I was a little like, that was the, the surprised oh when I opened it up. And my mom was like, oh, I thought you already had it. And you were just like, you know, oh, my God. And I was like, no, no, no. It's like, OK, I'll, that's fine. I just need the receipt for the controller so I could return it. Mm -hmm. And she felt really bad. So she ended up like secretly taking me out to Best Buy a couple to days after PS4. And, and getting me a PS4. And I was like, <clears throat> that was amazing. So it was it was just a nice Christmas memory. Of... Oh, God, <laughs> you should really like. I don't know if um, BGMBC has a YouTube page, but that's something you should upload to YouTube so people could, because uh, I could just. Oh, I, I do have, uh, I do have some old home videos. I've got well, it's on. It's not on the VGMBC YouTube page, but it's on my my own account, the Ruined or Nine YouTube page. Yeah, I've got an old video of my 1990s bedroom with like my old setup. I've seen that video. Yeah, and then um, me and my brother playing Rad Racer downstairs, yeah. uh, like the day like after we got it at my grandparents' house. So maybe maybe I'll I'll find that that home video and upload it along with it. That might be fun. Oh god, I'm just just young like, dad. Ed. Oh god, like I'm just thinking like because, and I think that's something like I enjoy with our current generation of like this current generation of parents, myself included, where like when we were growing up, our parents weren't like. Most parents weren't big gamers during like the early 80s and 90s, okay? But now you have this whole generation of people who are now parents who grew up with video games pr pretty much being prevalent throughout their entire life. Yeah. And now they're kids. And so it's like, it's funny because like adults back then, they were pretty much, you know, especially fathers, they're pretty much okay. Oh, I got some socks. I got a tie. I got a new mug. I got a razor set up and looking, you know, little things. Yeah. For us, it's like, Oh, you got me a uh, uh, signed vinyl of Final Fantasy VII soundtrack by Nobuo <laughs> Uematsu or something like that. And just, or just something simple like, oh, you got me a, uh, let's see. Because I know you're big into like, like Contra, for instance. If someone, like if Myla bought you the, a, a vinyl of the original uh, Contra Hardcorps OST, like you'd be like, oh. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that would be amazing. I don't even know if they do that, but point being, like, just, yeah. like, you know, and it's weird, like, you, you hear a story like that, you think, like, oh, man, you must have been, like, a kid, but no, this is adult, and, like, <laughs> oh, and then you realize, yeah, but, you know, you, I, I, I think, <laughs> go on. we're all, we're all, a lot of us are fathers, and a lot of us are, you know, in our mid-30s, 40s, whatever, but yeah. we have this hobby that stayed with us since childhood, 
So I think we, we still feel like little kids sometimes when we're, you know, we can do all the adult things. We can go to work and get a paycheck and buy groceries and pay bills. But I think we still have that kid part inside of us that when it comes to video games, we just revert back to that for however long it's safe for us to do so. So I did kind of feel like that at Christmas. I was like, oh, I'm opening up a video game controller. This is great. You know, I and was like, like 13 years old again. <laughs> and then like you get disappointed. And then like that adult part of your brain case and like, oh, wait, you're still an adult. You got to act great. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, so I can't throw a temper tantrum even though I yeah. want to. <laughs> it reminds me of them. Um, and these are horrible videos, but I understand the concept of it. The videos you might see every now and then of like a kid opening up a box for uh, Christmas, and it's like a PS4 or PS5, oh, yeah. and there's nothing in a box but a slip of paper saying um, get better grades. But my thing is, I, at the same time, those kids, so it, it's kind of a double, like it's kind of a catch-22 for me. Like, on the one hand, shame on the parents for doing that, because that 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 is taking the wind out. Like, that's ruining someone's Christmas memory. Right, right. But also, alright, so some of these kids are like seven, eight, nine years old. I don't expect anyone to know the exact weight of what a PS5, which those things are, those things are hefty. Yeah, yeah. But, but, like, look, every now and then I'm worried. Shut up, Gizmo. <laughs> uh, every now and then I, I'm going to turn this dog into a rug. I swear. Uh, every now and then, like, I keep being afraid that like it's going to slide off the base because I have it standing up. Because uh, just like it's so big, there's not enough room. Yeah. For it to just like lay on its side on my um little nightstand in the bedroom. But again, back to what I was saying, like you're eight, seven years old, you would think you would be able to tell there's nothing in a box. Yeah. Like if I look up a box that's big and it's supposed to be like a Xbox Series X or something, and there's no weight to it. Okay, this is a prank. This is yeah. Empty box. Yeah. No, I, I would I would kind of probably figure it out too. But I've seen a lot of stuff where parents have put like bricks or rocks in there. Yeah, to like something in the weight. And yeah. you know, it's just it's breaking the trust that kids and parents are supposed to have together. Like, and just disappointing. Like, I, I don't know. If 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 I were in that situation, I probably wouldn't learn my lesson. I would just be mad at my parents. Like, I'm, yeah. Like, I think there's it, better ways to go about that stuff. It's weird because like. So you and me, we grew up during, like, again, we grew up during an era where, like, parents were a little bit more harder when it came to video games. And, like, I feel like I look to you sometimes as a parent because you've been doing this longer than I have. And, yeah. <laughs> dude, look, I'm up to five. <laughs> okay. I took one in. I have a fifth one. Yeah. Medical cars just came in. It's almost snip, snip time. <laughs> nice. But that's going to happen after MAGFest. You just have to be very careful at MAGFest. Oh, are you going to repopulate at MAGFest? Oh, God. Uh, um, so, um. I don't know if a lot of people in the VGM world knows this, but I'm in what's called a polyamorous relationship. So I have a fiance and a girlfriend, and we're all going to be at MAGFest together. So you got to be very careful, mm -hmm. just saying. Bring some accessories. Yeah. So <laughs> but anyway, uh, so as parents, like, in this current age, we saw what it's like to be, like, punished for certain things and how really didn't traumatize us, but made us, like, feel a certain way. So, like, now we're at the age where, like, okay... Our kid did this, like, all right, let's say if Eddie got really bad grades, like my oldest son, Eric, he's been getting really bad grades. And it's like, okay, they really want this one game. Can we justify giving them this one game for Christmas when they got bad grades? Maybe not. Maybe we'll right. get them something else. But we don't sit there and you don't fill up a box with, like, you know, old newspapers, making them think that, oh, they got a P5 
PS5 or right, right. A, a, a Meta Quest 2, I think that's what they're called. Like, I, I can't keep up with all the yeah, VR. The VR, the VR yeah, the VR. Yeah. yeah, you don't do that. Because, again, like you said, it does crush their trust. And then it also just, I don't know, I think it just leaves a bitter taste in memory. Like, yes, you're trying to teach a lesson, but there's better ways to do it. Although, I will say this. Uh, my kids starting to get a little bit spoiled, like, as of last Christmas. And because... Last Christmas almost didn't happen for them because I was in a bond. I had a lot of bad things happen. Yeah, I remember. So, um, my parents and them got them clothes. Like, they got them a lot of clothes. I had some friends help me out. I was able to get them some toys, mm. which they got things that I said they weren't going to get because they had been acting so spoiled. And I wanted to get it for them anyway. <laughs> um, like, I was like, you guys aren't getting no video games for Christmas. And sure enough, I bought the Mortal Kombat XL for their Xbox One because it was only like five bucks. I'm like, well, I can't beat that. It's only yeah, five bucks. That's a good deal. Yeah, like, it, it has everything. It's five bucks. Like, I wasn't getting a Mortal Kombat 11 because that is just too gruesome. Mm -hmm. But they played Mortal Kombat X with their grandpa and with their mom's boyfriend. So I was like, all right, I'll go ahead and get this for them because they'll like it. But they started acting a little spoiled because I got them the clothes. They, they got clothes from their aunt, their uncles, and um, their grandparents. And I was like, you know what? I think it's about time I enact that plan where one Christmas... I'm just going to have a bunch of random boxes, just, and they're going to have, like, stuff in it that's, like, you know, uh, newspapers, old clothes, things like that. And when they really start acting, like, really, really start acting like spoiled little ungrateful cretins, I'm like, you know, you keep this up. I'm going a, I'm to a burn all this. I'm just going to wait. But I'll probably do this when they're teenagers. <laughs> like and, threaten to burn the presents. And if they really get, I'm just going to take all the presents outside, throw a light, light a match, and have a barbecue. <sighs> And then all the actual presents will be wrapped up somewhere else. I mean, you know, if they're fake presents, that's that's okay. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you warn them, too. I think yeah. if you warn oh. them and they still act out, then that means that they don't care enough about those presents to... Oh. But if you're just, like, reactionary, like, oh, you were bad, oh, therefore I I'm just going to go do that. I, I, don't, I don't know about that. It's on my... I think it's on this computer, or it might be up on my Facebook. I got to see if I can pull it... If I can pull it up. I have a video from two Christmases ago. So... At the time, I was doing door dashing because I was still working at that one off-season job away from employment. But anyway, um, I was doing door dashing. So they would stay at their grandparents for a bit, and then they went to hang out with their sister. And I kept telling, and, you know, my parents and their older sister were telling me about how they were acting up. I told them, if y'all don't stop acting up, Santa's going to take away all the gifts. They didn't listen. Hmm. Uh, my second son, Stilios, he chose violence at Build-A-Bear. Who goes to build a bear and cuts up? Yeah. Someone tell That's me. That's a weird this. place to like be, yeah, yeah, to be showing your behind. Like he and then my oldest son Eric decided he wanted to throw a temper tantrum at the arcade. Telling him like, throwing himself on the floor and alright, alright. So what I did was, uh, other than their than my third son Kato's gifts, I took all their gifts and I hid it in my in the one hall closet that they know they can't go into. And they come in. I'm recording this. They come in because all the gifts were underneath the tree the day before. They come in. They see all the. I was like, and it, you just see their faces just stop and like stare, like what, mm. what, and like still they also just like trying to mouth the words, and Eric's just staring like, I'm like, oh, what happened? Did Santa take all the gifts? <laughs> well, I guess y'all should have been acting right. Yeah. See, I told you this was gonna. You know what? Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm a, uh, look, I'll talk to Santa. We'll see what happens. Because you see, he left it, your brother's gifts. So we didn't get robbed. Santa took the gifts back. So I'm going to talk 
just and my son was like but what about the stuff you got us hey look I, he, he took that stuff back too look i'll get my money back santa like, doesn't know the difference yeah like that's how i was like look i'll talk to him see what he says and hopefully tomorrow like hopefully he'll bring them back so i think i the day before christmas eve i did put the gifts back and like they woke up in the morning they're like they're back. I was like, ah, oh, see, look, he's giving you another chance. I suggest you don't mess up because next time I don't think he's going to bring them back. Yeah, you know, no, Christmas... that's you got to call their bluff sometimes. I mean, I yeah. feel like that's acceptable for sure. Yeah, but like I didn't just like start smashing gifts in front. First of all, right, I right. paid money. I paid money for these things. <laughs> like, I'm not going to start smashing things I paid money for. Like, dear God, do you know how much Bakugans cost for a three pack? No, like, but I'm sure it's not cheap. $15. Yeah, that's 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 not something you want to smash for sure. Yeah, like just, oh God. It's basically transforming marbles. That's all it is, transforming mm-hmm. marbles. Yep. But, uh, no, nah, but like I do, I enjoy watching them open their gifts on Christmas and the joy of it. And I do keep the idea of Santa still alive, even though they're like going on nine and eight. Because in my head, like I tell them like, hey, Santa gets you the smaller gifts. Mom and dad get you the bigger gifts. So, yeah, you know, and I know most people like, you know, you still believe in Santa? I believe in the spirit of Santa. And I do believe there is a Santa out there. You know, like, you hear all these stories about people getting um, really, like, awesome, like, help from, like, random people all over the world during mm-hmm. the time of Christmas. Makes me believe that there is a Santa. Maybe it's, he's disguised. It's the spirit of Santa in people. Yeah. So, yes, I believe there's still a Santa Claus. He's just not bringing me my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Turtle Van Axe for when I was six because I bought it myself. <laughs> when I was 30 <laughs> still sitting in my hall closet because we haven't unpacked everything yet and we have nowhere to put my collectibles that's hilarious <laughs> but, amazing uh, but uh, thanks for coming on Ed I appreciate it uh, I know you got holiday stuff you gotta do with your little ones like what what are some of the things your kids asked for for Christmas this year oh I mean they're, they're teenagers at this point so uh, actually the the 18 year old just he likes clothes like we'll get him some some nice like sweatshirts and, and pants and stuff and he'll be down with that and uh Logan just wants steam gift cards he wants Roblox gift cards um we're gonna get him uh, a nicer keyboard and mouse for his computer I got him actually I got him a really nice or my mom at my request my mom got him a really nice uh gaming monitor for his, oh, okay. his PC setup so you know they're getting into the the older kid gifts at this point or gifts that like you know gifts my 18 year olds wants are probably the same stuff i want too like i would like steam gift cards for christmas (laughs) look i um i mean i don't really mess with steam all like that although part of me is like yeah maybe if i had the money and time i'd get a steam deck just because there's a lot of games on there and you could do emulation and stuff but regardless just i'm good with my switch for now but yeah it's funny when you think about it because like around this time seventh eighth gen I, um, let's see, 360. I hadn't became a parent yet when the 360 first came out. But when the Xbox One dropped, my my uh, ex was pregnant with my oldest son at the time. Because mm. Xbox One dropped on my birthday that year. So, oh, that's a fun coincidence. Yeah, but I just, I didn't get it because it didn't have the money. So, it was funny because uh, fast forward to... The day my son was uh, born, I entered a contest, and I think like a week after he was born, because at the time we were kind of homeless and we were staying with like friends of the family, but where we were staying at, the street wasn't 
it, it was a very well populated street so something like you get something delivered someone probably steal it off the porch mm, yeah. so i was having like packages delivered to my mom's house and i remember like a week or two after eric was born my stepdad calls me up he goes hey there's a package here for you i'm like for me he goes yeah i was like all right so i went and said xbox one wow i was like oh this is great this is wonderful that's cool dina who was it from no i it was a contest i entered <laughs> oh that's awesome like it was just some random ass you know one of those random contests like oh after this you'll get da, 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 da. i'm like all right whatever what you know my son's being it happened on the day my son was being born ah, my son's being born today whatever da, 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 da. entered my information <laughs> kept it moving and then i said no two weeks later i won xbox one i was like oh Although it came with Madden 05, which was the weakest Madden at that time. So, but yeah, it just, <laughs> it, it's weird when you look at the stuff the kids asked for when they were younger to now. And you're just like, man, where did time go? But at least, you know, you get to have those good memories with them. And, exactly. that, was a, and that was a whole point of this particular event that I put together. Because I wanted everyone to share their good memories they had growing up over the years with Christmas and VGM and video games in general because a lot of people, you know, you're so these people that their parents didn't allow them to play video games growing up or they didn't have much money growing up. So when they did get something that was even more special, and you know, I just wanted everyone to share that moment. And yours is especially funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh god. Oh, to be a fly on the wall doing it. Like, oh I mean, thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> It was it was not as funny at the time as it as it is like several years later. That's for sure. I'm just imagining you on the drive home with Milo. Like, did they really have to get more computer speakers? It's just probably like Ed, Ed, you're you're acting like a child. Well, it's Christmas, and I wanted my game system <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but thanks for coming on, Ed. Uh, as always, everyone can find him at the VG Embassy, um, Prime Minister VGM uh, Discord. Uh, I don't think you're big on X. Or no, X. I don't. I, I kind of got rid of my whole Twitter slash X account. But the VGEmbassy.com, you can head over there. And uh, there's a widget to join my Discord server, which is, as you're well aware, Daryl, my Discord server is really popping off. Tons yeah. of people. Lots of activity every day talking about video games, video game music, etc. So that's that's my main hub for social media right now. Yeah, uh, great group of people. Um Really? No, actually, there's no toxicity in there. And I think the only no, I one... shut that stuff down right away if there's Yeah. <laughs> the only, like, one time there was any kind of, like, uh, not even controversy, but, like, was Ryan Still tearing apart Kinseed. Oh. <laughs> which is what ultimately kicked off BGM Fight Club. Like, that... Him just... His, his diatribe of why he hated that track <laughs> and we still we still talk about that to this day every time we just keep, i have him on i'm like i'm gonna play you a kinseed track ryan hold on <laughs> this kinseed destroyer just <laughs> somewhere in the world the composer of kinseed this this uh pot this episode get that you know episode gets to him and he's just sitting in a corner tear rolling down yep. his eye yeah you know maybe for christmas this year ryan still could try listening to Kinseed one more time. And give it a positive review. <laughs> and maybe give it a positive review. For the spirit of Christmas. <laughs>
my god. I remember this track. One of the most squishing moments of my gaming childhood. Death Egg Zone. I got there towards the end. Now they're playing it all night long. I'm going to lose. Because I didn't have enough lives. Or continues. Goddamn Robotnik. The way the, the robot egg just moved and just, just... Oh no. Who are you expected? Are you the ghosts of VGM future? Are you here to tell me that if I don't believe in VGM, VGM will leave me? Is that what you're here to tell me, ghosts? What, what, what are you pointing towards? That, that, that's, that's my game collection. My backlog, like what? What? No. No, where's it going? Bring them all back! No, 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 no. This, this can't be, this can't be. Look, just because I don't like newer games and their soundtracks doesn't mean that I should just lose out on everything that I've... Alright, yes, I haven't played stuff yet and that I've been sitting on for like years at a time. I mean, you know, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, 1 and 2 re remake, I haven't played that in a while or ever or just installed it. I mean, still have Guilty Gear. Like, just, just come on, man. Like, just not my games. Not my games. Wait, is, is that a... That's... That, that's my old Game Boy. Yeah, the, my yellow brick. I remember... I, I had a silver Game Boy Pocket, and and it was stolen right around Christmas time. And I babysit and I saved up enough money, and I was able to buy this from Funko Land. And I remember I had this jar of cookies and like it, it, taste cakes. They make these Christmas cookies, and I bought the cookies and I sat there and I played Pokemon all Christmas. Like it's one of my favorite Christmas memories. I don't know what else we did that Christmas. Uh, I, I I remember playing Pokemon though. I just actually no wait. Did we someone bought us a Sega Genesis. Granted, other people had like 64s and you know PlayStation's time, but like someone bought us a Sega Genesis and I, oh man, playing Columns and Golden Axe, Streets of Rage 2, Streets of Rage 1, Sonic 1, 2, and 3. Like th those are. Because it came with a Sega Genesis cartridge that had a bunch of games on it. Th those were some of my favorite times. I, I forgot about this. Oh, man. I, I think I, I think I want to play a track. From, from my favorite game of all time, Pokemon Silver. National Park. Yeah, I, I think we're going to play that.
All right, welcome back. Uh, let's see. So that first track was for those of you who got to end the Sonic the Hedgehog two, uh, Death Egg Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog two for the Sega Genesis, composed by Masato Nakamura. And that second track was National Park from Pokemon Silver slash Gold, composed by Junichi Masuda, Goichinose, Morikazu Aoki. And so I've mentioned this many times before. On this podcast earlier this episode, one of my favorite Christmas gifts of all time was receiving the Sega Genesis bundled in with Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Growing up, we didn't have much money. Um, childhood wasn't that great. So, lo and behold, one Christmas where I had to be like seven, six, seven years old. And we open up all the other gifts and there's this one big box my mom pulls out for me and my brothers. And lo and behold, Sega Genesis Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I remember us uh, going home and because we were at home at the time when we had Christmas. We were at a uh, front of the family's house and then we went home that night. And uh, an older kid that happened to be part of the people my mom kind of was around came over to our house that same night and hooked up the Sega Genesis for us because me and my brother David didn't know how to do it. And oh man, it was just one of my favorite Christmas memories. Like, playing that thing and to this day i sit there and wonder what the heck happened to our sega genesis because it just disappeared one day and um fast forward to when this game came out pokemon silver um life wasn't terribly bad but it wasn't great either i was in eighth grade um just doing my best uh, i had a little babysitting gig for a friend of my mom's and i saved up enough money to buy a silver Game Boy Pocket off of a classmate of mine's named Doug. And it came with, and he sold it to me for $40, which to me was just a steal, because it also came with Pokemon Pinball. And at the time, I didn't have any Pokemon games. Like, I had played Pokemon. I was a huge Pokemaniac. That's what we called ourselves back in the day. And it just, I didn't have anything Pokemon, so I felt like I was really missing out because I didn't have, like, any mainline games. And I knew Silver was coming out in like two weeks. So uh, I bought this Silver Game Boy Pocket off of Doug. Played the crap out of Pokemon Pinball. Uh, and then the weekend, the Saturday, either the Saturday of the game coming out or the Saturday after the game came out. I walked all the way from my house on 13th and Ferry Hill, which to Harrisburg East Mall was about a mm, 10, 15 minute walk. Actually, let me look that up because I've, I think I've figured that out the one day and I completely forgot like how far of a walk it actually is. So let's see. Yeah, Google Maps. What will we do without Google Maps? Oddly enough, uh, Harrisburg East Mall is like closing down eventually, so. So, oh wow, that's actually a 50 minute walk. Uh, hold on. Yeah, 50 minute walk there, 50 minute walk back. Wow, that's uh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, it, back then I didn't care because it was a Pokemon game. So I walked there, it was raining. It wasn't raining hard, but it was like, again, it's the middle of like November. I walked there. Got it. I was, and I remember walking back, stopping by um, this corner store 
that was by along the way and they had these this like bucket of these christmas cookies that taste cakes make and i remember like i would get a, i got a bucket of that uh two packs of triple a batteries because i didn't have like the little plug chart dc adapter for it and i went home and i played the crap out of this game like burning through batteries left and right and uh fast forward like i think like a month later not even a month maybe three weeks later i was on my way to my babysitting gig and i lived in the hood and it wasn't like exactly a nice part of the hood either it was a rough part i got jumped and when i got jumped they took my pokemon silver and my game boy pocket and i was devastated because that was like the one thing that kept me from like that was my escape from all like the bad stuff going on in my life and fast forward to i think like a week went by and um there was a detective and the detective showed up to our house with my pokemon silver but not the game boy and i was just happy because i was like just just have my game back because all my pokemon were there with my save file and everything and i remember uh, i had just enough money to go out to funko land i got a ride from a friend's mom uh to go out there and i bought me a yellow game boy brick i think it was like 35 40 dollars for the brick so about the same amount i paid for my um silver game boy pocket and i actually went and bought the adapter too which ran me an additional 20 dollars because i got like a third party knockoff one and just i i was just happy just i, I was genuinely happy and that brick survived a lot it, it survived a lot, and sadly enough, I don't know what happened to that, but, like, I remember just Christmas sitting there playing that, and then we got a Sega Genesis at Christmas, but, like, just... So, Pokemon Silver always brings good memories to me, because while it was a bad time, it was a good time. So, I guess, like, video games has always been a good escape for me in terms of, like, you know, when things are bad. It's always, like, a nice little thing for me, and... You know, a lot of people are like, oh, this case is bad and whatnot. Everyone has their own forms of therapy. Okay, mine just involves virtual sprites and pixels, so. But I think everybody who came onto this episode and, you know, gave me their time to put together this VGM Christmas Carol because at the end of this, I have come to realize, like, how much I do enjoy VGM and Christmas. And while most games nowadays, I don't agree with their soundtracks, are the games or there's still good games out there and you know to each their own everyone's not gonna like what other people like you know some people eat their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with the peanut butter on top and the jelly on the bottom and vice versa okay some people don't eat peanut butter at all because they got peanut allergies life kind of sucks for those people but regardless i like it. i guess with that i could just say um once again thank you to everyone uh, uh my phone merry christmas to all and to all a good night and I hope you all enjoyed this uh, little compilation I put together. Um, I have some, <laughs> I have a little bit of a blooper reel and two bonus tracks for y'all. So I hope you enjoy. And till next time. Well, that music just randomly started playing. And, oh God, who are you? I am the ghost of m- shit. <laughs> <laughs> Roll one. <laughs> BGM pass. Um, I am. All right, we'll start over. Three, two, one. <laughs>
Where? The, the theme of Street Fighter 2? Like, can't do where am I? I don't know. Uh, it's I was looking for like iconic 16-bit tracks, and I just heard Ken's theme pop into my head, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's." Who are you? <laughs> okay, that's right. That's we're, we're actually talking now. <laughs> okay, wait. Something's now wrong with. Talk again, real quick. Hi, 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 hi. Okay, no, it's just me. Okay. <clears throat> From the top. Three, two, one. From the top. Oh, God, that was weird. I just keep getting sucked from one place after another. Music, music starts playing. Oh, God, who are you? I'm the ghost of... <laughs> oh, my God, I overthought it. All right, one more. From... You know, it's funny. You're not the first one I've had to do this with, where we have to like, retake. All right, all right. Three, two, one. Get sucked around time to time, and now in this place with all these kids. Oh, God! I'm the ghost of. Am I supposed to say Christmas past or six gen past? Six of the gen, six gen past. Alright, once more for the top. Do you want me to be like a character or I'm just like a little. You can be, you can be a character. Okay, so the first gets a character, the second gets a character. Okay, so we're gonna separate the two. Yeah. Okay. Alright. So I didn't. I, I wasn't sure whether it was like someone that you put my character and then we bring it back as a character.
Just a 